Hello, listening people. Hey, hey, hey. You're listening to Spin Polish Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces. Yep. You, you want to introduce us? Oh, we can. Yeah, I can. We can, you can, we can all. Guys, this guy right here who I've just put my hand on his shoulder is Ryan Slowinski. Yay, that's me. Yep. And you are Bartek. Mm-hmm. I I don't know how to say your last name. That's a long last name. That is a long... It's a very interesting last name. And we have both been post-likingly because we are always spitting, and we, of course, are both Polish, aren't we? So we always spit, but you said we're both spitting Polish, so we also spit? Yeah. Oh. Duh. Get it together, Bartek. We've been I doing f- this for, like, over a year. You should get the etiquette of our show down pat by now. We start, what do we do? <laughs> we started by saying, you know, hello, listening people, and then I'm like, how, how, how should I be funny this time? So this time I went, hey, hey, hey. It's like a bit of a Fat Albert. You got me. We we, we should do Fat Albert on the show, <laughs> but what are we doing? What what is our show? What do we do? Um, well, we are Spit and Polish presents. We present unappreciated masterpieces in this mm. show. Unappreciated masterpieces. Unappreciated masterpieces are what we call those movies that do not get enough love. That seemingly don't deserve to be talked about, seemingly don't need audio commentaries, but then, you know, we just go and make an audio commentary talking about why this film is not, you know, not the thing unworthy of being talked about, but it's actually, you know, one of the greats out there. One of the greatest films ever made. And Bartek, what film are we doing this week? Well, that's a good question, (laughs) Bartek. Um, The film that we are doing this week is... Zoom! Academia Super Bohaterów. Ah, uh, look, I know that I said we're both Polish, but that does not necessarily mean that we both speak Polish. I, I don't. I know you do. I don't yeah. speak Polish. I actually don't. I assume that was Polish you were speaking. I mean, you could be tricking me and just saying gibberish, even though I may know how to speak gibberish, but I don't know how to speak Polish. What, what do we watch? What are we watching? The movie that we are watching, Zoom Academia Bo- Super Bohaterów, is mm. just Zoom. <laughs> it's just Zoom? Zoom is, from 2006? It's not the 2015 one. <laughs> there is a 2015 Zoom. I almost watched it. I'm kidding. No, so we're doing the 2006 Tim Allen superhero classic Zoom. What is it? Isn't its full name Zoom Academy of Superheroes? Superhero Academy? Superhero Academy? It's kind of like Zathura, isn't it? Zoom like, Sky High Edition? I don't know. So we're doing Zoom from 2006. But we don't do these films alone a lot of the time. Sometimes we have to, because we're the true heroes. But sometimes we need another hero to join us on our mighty quest to to make these movies known again. To give them the honour that they deserve. Who's Who's our hero for today? Who's who's our hero for today? Yeah, who's who? Who's who's our hero for today? It's one of our recurring guests who hasn't been on for quite a while, and you know I could just say it's Sam, but then people will be like, "Oh, you've had two different Sams on the show. Which Sam is it? Is it is that it one gay, or this is it, one? Is it the gay Sam that we had on for Starsky and Hutch, or is it the beardy Sam that we had on for Surf Ninjas? <laughs> have we established his beard? Yes. I don't know if we have talked about my beard. We have. Okay. I, I, look, I'll trust you. So it's gay Sam. No, <laughs> it's Sam Noonan. It's yep. This Sam Noonan or Sir Noonan, Professor Noonan. That's what I'm often called. What are you, well. the villain of our podcast, Moriarty? <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> Professor Noonan. <laughs> They're good professors, Ryan. <laughs> Name one. 
Professor X. Professor X can be argued as a villain as well. He he might be Professor Dumbledore. He might be racist. Professor Snape. They were both. They were both, <laughs> both problematic. problematic. Uh, <laughs> Professor McGonagall's Professor McGonagall. You can't really have too much problem with. <laughs> like none of you named real life professors just, at any point. <laughs> like I was like, professor. name one good professor. And you're both like, let's was, get into the fictional world. Let's not give Einstein professor a Hagrid. I had a professor at Deakin who looked like Luna Lovegood, and I. <laughs> couldn't remember her name and I wrote down Luna Lovegood on the first and it was day. the weirdest thing because it was a guy too like that was the weird part about it alright so guys we're going to talk about the 2006 classic Zoom you guys at home get your copy of the movie ready I mean I imagine you all have a copy I have a copy of it on DVD it came in a double pack with Zathura uh, fun fact about mine not only does it come with subtitles but it has audio descriptor audio which means that there's a voice that just randomly helps the vision impaired with visual visual cues so there's a point in the movie where Chevy Chase just goes oh it's been 30 years and slaps his chin a random disembodied (laughs) I'm not kidding a random disembodied voice just goes just goes what does it go he goes he slaps his his jowls (laughs) It's like, you know, just... Wait, so the scene's happening... Like, do an impression of it. No, the scene's happening, so it's like... It's been 30 years! And then proceeds to slap his jowls, and then disembodied voice... He then proceeds to slap his jowls. (laughs) Like Like that? Yeah, and it's great because during fight sequences, it can't keep up with all the action (laughs) that's going on. Does does your Zathura copy have that? No. It actually says on the menu, it has a little asterisk, and it's like, only this movie has audio description. Oh, no. All right, so get your copy ready because we're gonna gonna start this magnificent beast of a movie in three, two, one, play. So I think you played it a little before you said play. No, right? it was spot on. Audience, make sure you do it one second after. I'm saying no, retrospect. Second after you saying second before. Jeez, come on, guys. A second after Ryan says play. So. Let's argue more about the play button, shall we? Uh, no, so this. I m- like it more than the stop button because it actually so there's does. There's a song stuff. playing that we, that you you can hear that we can't hear. Yeah, <laughs> there's you know, who knows? Is it Smash Mouth? I sure hope so. Well, most of the songs in this movie were sung by Smash Mouth. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, I okay. So, I had never seen this movie before. I'm gonna start straight out the you gate. You haven't seen it. Before today. No, when I watched it last night, like oh, my history right. was, I had never seen it before until having to do this show. I've got a, I've got a, fu- a fun fact that I can't wait to reveal. <laughs> Far out. Is it that it's Courtney Cox is great? Because that's not that fun of a fact. That's just that's just <laughs> a legendary fact. It's not that fun, but it is a fact. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So I had never seen it before before doing this podcast, and I was, uh, I was really joyous about watching this movie like when I saw this opening credits I was like oh man this is great you know this yeah. is awesome but then I saw music by smash mouth <laughs> music by smash mouth and it really took me back to 2006 like you know when certain movies you watch even if you never saw them when they came out they take you back to that era like mm. automatic when you see music by smash mouth you're not thinking to yourself 2017 you're definitely thinking 2014 2017's pretty early there's still time we could get a great smash mouth hit hey they did under pressure in this movie and it was great (laughs) they did do that 
<laughs> so I'd never seen it, but I do have one little piece about this. In my local video store in my hometown, Why Video does the Easy. Why have to look like a cow? Because the sky is full of milk. It's not. Jeez. It's not. Ca- it's Calmo. <laughs> Calmo. That's the first joke of the episode, guys. Uh, I hope you liked it. Uh, yeah, it was good. Well, I'll have some more. He's got his... Oh, foreshadowing there. Uh, so, my thing was, I went to my local video store. This movie came out on, on vid- DVD and video at my local video store, Video Easy. Video Sleazy, we called it. And they had a life-size cutout of all the characters oh, in really? the store. So, a life-size oh. cutout of Chevy Chase. So, it was like six foot two. Or six foot three, because he's, he's incredibly man. tall. And a life-size cutout of Rip Torn, a life-size cutout <laughs> of all of these characters. And then when the movie... And I was like, okay, this looks interesting. And my interpretation was, oh, it's a movie about a superhero family. Tim Allen's their dad. <laughs> like, you yeah. know what I mean? And Courtney Cox oh, is their mum. And Grandpa Rip Torn. <laughs> no, no, seriously. No, I actually thought, and Uncle Chevy. Uncle and Chevy. Grandpa, and Grandpa t- uncle. And Grandpa into science. <laughs> science uncle. <laughs> You know, and I, I didn't know. And I was like, okay. And the one thing I've got to ask myself was, you go in a month later and those life-size cutouts aren't there anymore? Yeah. Mm. Where did they go? Like, people that's the thing them. I you can, If you work, like, it's like at the cinemas. If you work there and you can have take the them movie home. posters, you can take them home. But or, you, or, you, or you can come in and go, yes, I'd like to purchase your Zoom standees, <laughs> please. And they sell them to you. The there's real some, answer is... There's some Tim Allen lookalike guy who's like, I really need this Tim Allen cutout. What I what I really respect about this film is we're about to see Tim Allen use his powers in a particular way. <laughs> that made me think of only one way right? he should be using. And it. I gotta say, kudos to this film for taking the high road and not making any finger banging jokes. <laughs> because every every adult seeing his finger vibrate that fast is going, oh. what a what a gift. Hashtag a g- not all adults. <laughs> What were you going to say about it? I literally, I literally did not think of that until you guys mentioned Hashtag it. finger girls with your vibrating finger. That's the new hashtag that's taking off. So, Bartek, you were going to say something before. Oh, I was just going to make a joke that the stand-ins or like cutouts went to save the world. They did. <laughs> so, so what, what was your history with this movie, Bartek? You mentioned it so many times that I figured you'd watched it. <laughs> No, I just had but it on I DVD. Realize, oh, I just had it on DVD. Yeah, yeah. you had it for Zathura. with Zathura, and I'm like, I know this movie because I like Chevy Chase. Slaps the jowls. What's <laughs> it been? Thirty years. I better slap my jowls to indicate that. Hey, hey, leave Chevy yep. alone. He's a good actor. The, uh... You gonna say Bartek? Was I gonna say something? Yeah. What's your history? Your history was I knew you had a history with this movie, which you evidently did not have. No, yeah, I you'd mentioned it so many times, like, oh, we should do Zoom sometime. Oh, I have Zoom, and I, I just figured you'd seen it, and I was like, oh, it must be a good movie then, and then I realised, oh, you hadn't seen it. No. So it's going to be a surprise for both of us when it actually turned out to be a fantastic movie. Yeah. So yeah. Have, you, have you seen it before today, Bante? I mean, for this episode, I've watched it. Okay. But never before. Didn't see it in the cinema. What about you, I, I This is one of those ones that I, I saw on Foxtel when it sort of came, around the time it came out. And I would have watched it with my little sister, and we would have recognised it for its brilliance immediately. Like yeah, we would, we Chevy would Chase. Okay, yep, we know this is a, a better film than it's mm. than it deserves to be, just on Foxtel sort of thing. Yeah, I saw Cockney Cox's nips just then. Did you? Yeah, Dad. Why Were they, they as good as the nip blasting in Snow Day? Nothing's as good as the nip blasting in the film Snow Day. I recently watched Snow Day the other day as well. You should have listened to our commentary on that movie. It's great. <laughs> when I walked into your 
I mean, our studio here, Ryan. You and Sam were like doing something in one room, and I noticed your copy of Snow Day was there, and I was like, "Oh, what are they doing with Snow Day?" I, I, I was touching it. I could be wrong, but I think the the little girl with the superhuman strength also inspired a character from Marvel comics in the series Runaways, mm-hmm. oh, where good. it has a has a roughly ten year old girl who has superhuman strength, and they call her like Princess Punch or something like that. Did are you saying this movie inspired actual comics um, instead of being inspired by comics? That's revolutionary. Both, both. You mean Marvel takes inspiration from, like, non-major company superhero <laughs> stuff? Wait a moment. That's Kate Mara. And she was in the Fantastic Four. Yeah. And this movie's basically the same movie as the Fantastic Four, in which it all practically, 99% of the movie takes place in a bunker underground. Except this movie's better than the Fantastic Four. Wait a oh, moment. Hold on. This movie's the greatest film ever made. It's kind of hard to compare. Hey, look, Biff? it's Biff. Yeah, yeah, Biff. <laughs> Biff, actually, it's a surprisingly common thing that he gets cast as school teachers now. Because <laughs> he, he's like the gym teacher in Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, that's the pl- character that he's allowed to play now. That he's I really want him him. to be on SNL doing Trump impersonations. And it's, it's <laughs> 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 the actor who plays um, Houdini here, he also always plays like comic book nerds for the most part. Oh, I thought you were going to say he always plays teachers as no. well. I'm like, he's a bit young. <laughs> he was in the OC and him and Seth um, was he shot create a comic book together. I don't know. I was he in the, mm, what you say? No, that's not him. Uh, wasn't everyone in that scene? Everyone I care about. Shia LaBeouf's version. Is I, have, I wasn't <laughs> Okay, here's... Okay, let's let's get down to ground rules here, boys. Yeah. This film. Mm-hmm. Which superhero power, out of the ones that are presented in this movie, do you wish that you could have? Well, I mean, you ask that as soon as we get the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite part of this whole entire movie is they show this kid shirtless, like, straight off the bat. <laughs> yeah. And then throughout the rest of the movie, he's in, like, this obvious... Fat suit <laughs> this that is, is obviously this, not this, this kid's This kid's weight. in this film because he's obviously developed quite a friendship with Tim Allen via Santa Claus and 2. Shaggy Dog. And Shaggy Dog. So, like, that's why he's got this role. But, do but you know... Sorry, yeah? This character's abilities are also in um, in the manga and, uh, and anime Naruto. Yeah. Good. I, the character I Choji. Oh, Choji, same, yeah. Yeah, they watched this and went, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. But he doesn't eat all the time, so... Choji, well, no, he, yeah. this guy eats all the time. I mean, well, not the he way eats Choji a lot. Does. No, not but this way. guy's eating every single scene other than this one Motherfucker, scene. Motherfucker, don't you say that he eats more than Choji. Hey, hey, Choji hey, is I don't like, care he's about always, you. He's like, he's Robert Downey Jr. He's always got barbecue chips in his hand and eating them. <laughs> okay. Give me, yeah, give me that warped mm. close-up on Chevy Chase's face. One of the okay. That's guys. an establishing. To shot. give you, to give okay, you all say fat boy, mega boy's powers, or the amazing bulk they call him partway through the movie, which later is an actual movie that exists. By the way, the yeah. amazing Ooh, bulk inspiration. I, you, if you think that that was accidental, <laughs> you 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 are kidding yourself. You think Tim <laughs> Allen doesn't know <laughs> cinephile that Tim Allen is, and how he's contributed to cinema over the years. If you think that's an accident, you're an absolute fool. Also the, bo- also, the two kids in the pool who are making fun of him, uh, on IMDb, their characters are listed as Mean Bully and Meaner Bully. <laughs> so what? One was clearly meaner right. than the other. Can we, can we hold on? Can we hold on? Courtney Cox here is introduced again yeah. as 
the same character, but for some reason, now, I don't know if I was the only one that got this, but I was like, I hope not, that when they introduced her again in this sequence, the way Tim Allen played off of her and the way she played off of him and the fact that she's in a lab coat and all this kind of stuff, it made me feel like, oh, is this the sister of that woman that we saw earlier? Because it's like, he's interacting with her like, oh, I don't know, like... You're, who are you? I don't recognize you without the green dress. It establishes, like, yeah, the green dress joke that sort of yeah, comes Yeah, comes and, you know, green as a color means something. Yeah. And this film really likes to have meaning, as do most films. Well, and it's, it's good that you mentioned that because, you know, green, and you did say that the director of this film did direct that other one with all the green in it. Thunderpants. Yep. <laughs> yeah, they moved on up after that. They put it all in the dress. So, no, this this film has a lot. I think the power I would really like to have in this movie out of the ones we're given is uh, the rainbow glitter wind. I mean, that's pretty <laughs> no, good. Don't, don't spoil anything. But, well, you know. Um, I don't know. I think I think it, the obvious can't mm-hmm. answer is Katie Mara's characters. You know, She's a Katie now. Well, yeah, because <laughs> me and her are close. <laughs> but her... her her telekinetic sort of telekinesis is the best is one of the best superpowers you can get other like and so she that's has the, the ability to... of feeling stuff empathy yeah empathy that's... and empath is like a low level telepath I've watched Star Trek The Next Generation I think I know I haven't invented so that's <laughs> why <laughs> you know I think you also find it's in Charmed thank you very much uh, which was before Charmed oh that's right Star <laughs> Trek <laughs> <laughs> fuck you're Charmed uh, this, yeah. this kid's pretty good. I loved her blinking power. fast powers. <laughs> I just love the fact that wouldn't it be? I mean, <laughs> it works like, and the great thing is, Chevy Chase was blinking. She was better throughout in the this movie. That's a little nod to the Hollywood people out there. Oh, she was better in the audition. That's a little. Should I read my thing, Ryan? Oh no, no, not yet, not yet. Not we got We got to savor this for the end of the sequence because I got to mention something. There was a review, oh, yep. guys. Mm. I did not include, but I think it's relevant to mention now. It's a review that I did not include because it was just not as good as the others, which was a review just basically being, is like, is Chevy Chase okay? And they were really worried because it's like, he looks so pale and sickly in this movie. Is he <laughs> suffering from some serious medical condition? Please, Chevy, let us know. And I, and I, <laughs> if you didn't include that, I can't wait to hear what you did choose. <laughs> and I watched it, you know, I don't know the problem, but I watched this movie and I, I never thought he looked sick in it. And I just go... I'm used to three stages of Chevy Chase. Young Chevy, Chevy Chase, oddly enough, in Snow Day, which is the middle ground Chevy Chase, and Chevy Chase in this slash community, where he's just old, balding, slightly tubbier Chevy Chase. Those are the three Chevys. And they all and they're all great. They all meet a peak. Which one is uh nothing but trouble, Chevy? Young? Oh, uh, that's younger Chevy. Yeah. That's younger Chevy. Okay, so I, so we've gotten all three on the show now. Yeah, we've had we've had all three stages of Chevy. He's <laughs> <laughs> like a metapod, you know. This is like the middle one. Snow oh, Day was his metapod phase, <laughs> which he was a bit awkward. Where all he could do was harden. Yeah, so that kid farted. It reminds us. That's a little callback to the film Thunderpants, yeah, obviously, exactly. in which the yeah. kid farted in that. And he said, "That's not that good. Like it's a little." Yeah, exactly. And dig and, it yourself. And the weirdest thing is, this film has a higher rating than Thunderpants. I do believe on IMDb, or at least nearer to it. And I'm surprised that Thunder. Pants and this movie has such low ratings. 
<laughs> you know, like CGI is so ahead of its time here. <laughs> it really puts Avatar to shame. <laughs> well, even Courtney Cox just said it's so good. Now, yeah. here's here's a scene that really made me feel the movie where it wants you to laugh and be grossed out. And usually I don't Well, again, green. I don't usually get grossed out by movies, but this this yeah. really grossed me out. Just And you know what made it work? Chevy Chase is a real physical comedian. Like yeah. you can say everything about the stable of actors he came from, such as Dan Aykroyd and all the Ghostbusters, Bill Murray. Out of all of them, he was the most physical comedian out of them. Like, he really could express his face. Like, that's why people love him. He's he's tall, he's gangly, he's funny looking, and he's charming. And in that scene there, he knew how to physically make that funny by pursing his lips up real tight to give you that feeling of, ew, this is disgusting. And that's that's where the comedy comes in. Yeah, did, he, did he ever do, like, theatre stuff? Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. Chevy Chase's whole thing that I'm aware of is Chevy Chase was a... Uh, I think like a Californian rich boy like incredibly rich okay. and his whole attitude comes across in his acting of I'm doing this cause I can like I'm a rich boy I don't need this I'm Chevy Chase and you're not like that's his catchphrase I'm right. Chevy Chase and you're not and that's why in movies like Caddyshack he's not like he's great in Caddyshack cause that's basically him a rich guy who's skilled at something but really doesn't give a fuck about how skilled he is about anything and that's why it's very depressing for me. I mentioned this in Snow Day, that Chevy Chase is no longer liked as much because he's grown hard and bitter and hateful towards things. But like people like Bill Murray, who've always been bitter and mean behind the <laughs> scenes, is praised. But Chevy Chase was always till like community was always recorded as like a really nice guy to work with like yeah he would have his kind of qualms here and there but he was relatively a nice guy where does harrison ford sit on that scale harrison, harrison ford was never nice he seems so annoyed about being I've, famous. I've heard that he's actually really nice though who harrison I've heard that in he's... real life but like he's always grumpy like he never wants to be there all... He always looks grumpy, so I was really surprised when I heard. Yeah, apparently he's nice. The only... oh, he's, I think he's nice, nice to people. He just hates being being an actor. Being an, yeah, he's being famous. He's the only a... time I saw him in interviews where he sounded keen was for Indiana Jones Four: Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and he was really keen because he still fit into his costume and he yeah. could still do like majority of the stunts, which is a big deal. Which is a big deal. Now Bartek has a special little thing for us here, Sam. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's gonna share. I... Okay, yeah, you say that, and then I'll get to my issue with this scene. There's an issue. Yeah. Well, maybe we should go with that. Let's go with then. Sammy's issue. Uh, in the, well, as in a, I'm I'm pretty sure it's uh in the scene or perhaps she brings out comic books, Zoom comics that tell oh, the stories. Next of time they Zoom. do in the classroom. And I well I I enjoy like the idea of having comic books within a comic book sort of world, and I know that in the new trailer of Logan we see that sort of have, mm. have happened to the X Men. But she's like, oh, he's faster than Superman, Quicksilver, and the Flash combined. And I really, as a comic book fan, I really <laughs> took issue with that. Why? <sighs> like, Zoom is obviously incredibly fast. Why? But, and Why? It's a great I, film. I watched this and I knew that sequence. But, I was like, I actually wrote in my notes, I bet Sam has something to say about this. <laughs> but from a, a comic book like, standpoint, He's no like from what we see, he's no. You could argue that because he's been retired and he's not at the peak of his ability. Yeah, we don't see it. But what we see is that he's nowhere near as fast as some. Of well, I think that's unfair because, like you said, he hasn't used his powers in thirty years. He didn't know he had them, and he falls over. Like, which I actually really liked. Trips. Like, I, I don't. I, enjoy that I don't well. know if other superheroes with fast powers have had that played upon in film. Maybe in the comics for sure, but like in film, I find it really refreshing. And, and, and this movie, I really think, 
inspired a movie like Chronicle, in which it has like a moment like that where it's like a realistic moment, but it's still yeah, humorous. Where it's, where like it's, the movie Chronicle, where, where it has realism, but it's also played for humorous sakes as well as dark. Yeah, where it doesn't, you know, you don't figure out your powers quite so easily and quickly. And he really, that shows like if you're rusty, yeah, he hasn't run that fast a long time yet, he's going to trip. And hmm. yeah, I get what you mean by that. That's but I, I just had a problem with the comparison of those superheroes. Sam's See, this problem. is this is the scene. Now, Bartek, comics. Bartek's got a little treat for us. Yes, so this is related to the interview montage from before. Yeah, with, the, with all, all the rejects yes. and accepted. So, ever since you've been on, Sam, you know, I, I've done quizzes, and but now I start, whenever I can't find quizzes, bringing in, like, YouTube comments or mm-hmm. IMDb review stuff. And I save it for around the time we do the reviews at the end. This time I couldn't really find anything because I'm... I guess 2006 films are just really hard to find things for, especially mm. obscure-ish ones. But yeah. I did find one thing on IMDb that uh, you know, I showed it to Ryan. He said, yes, this would be worth talking about. Um, it is from a message board that is titled, This Film is Racist. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the OP post, mm-hmm. original posters post. The casting of the kids with the superpowers, the ones with lame powers, were all non-Caucasians, and the ones that got picked were all white. Discuss among yourselves. Now, the discuss among yourselves kind of bothers me because it's like, you're making a statement, don't just make other people fan the flames. And I feel like that's what the second person's saying in their own way. Mm, Go on. He's saying, so what? It about time. Why do we need blacks in all movie? We don't it bad enough. Why play a white man part, which make me sick? So shut up. <laughs> and the th- and the OP's response to that is, you are racist. Uh, I'm gonna. I think the OP <laughs> really really sh- really sh- like showed their stuff in that that rebuttal, but. It's actually it's it's actually something and a bit of white privilege I guess something I didn't think about before yeah. before you mentioned it but yes all of the the uh, non Caucasian children have lame powers and get rejected into this thing and and white and, and look do we want to say white people are superior it's not are we you know, saying that I'm sure that's, no 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 the film is saying that and and that can I'm be saying I don't agree with it the contributing factor you could say is that's a fault in the movie but here's the thing it's a sad thing to to admit. But it's the realism of Hollywood in which you have all the leading people be these white people. And, that, and as 2006 was not as progressive as it is today, as today is, in which you didn't have forums, uh, you didn't have these articles being like, Scarlett Johansson's whitewashing oh. Hollywood single-handedly. You didn't have Tim Allen's whitewashing Hollywood single-handedly. I didn't, I didn't see that oh, article. Oh, you, guys are, see that one. you guys are way off mark, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> They weren't actors. Those are the real powers. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. How are they going to be concussion with snot? Did you know? Yeah, did you know power. Chevy Chase is actually a scientist in real life? <laughs> like, that's my I, favorite I think part. That, um, but I, I think, like any example of um, a character's race, if the if the character's race isn't isn't important to their backstory, and this is a really prevalent prevalent in superhero stuff specifically these days with mm. with characters like. Um, with people having the argument over whether Donald Glover should have been allowed to play Spider-Man, that kind of thing. If if the race isn't important to the character, then why can't it be a different race? Whereas in a character like Black Panther is the king of an African nation, so yeah. it kind of makes sense if he's black. Um, there's no reason that any of these main characters that we have couldn't have potentially been a race other than Caucasian. Yeah. But you are right. 2006. I don't think I don't think we as a as an audience were kicking up as much of a fuss. No. And I think that's probably how they've managed to... 
No, I think that's right. And certainly, all the way in 2015, Pan, you got a tribe that's like all different races. You like, you got an Aboriginal chief. You got a Rooney Mara. <laughs> Rooney yeah. Mara. You got white tiger. Is she related to Kate Mara? They actually have similar bone structure. So they have similar acting they, abilities. Is she related to the god? I prefer Rooney. Yeah, I prefer Rooney as well. You guys say? Are they related I... to the god Mara? I don't know if they're related to Mick. Mickey Rooney, but like, you know, who knows? The god. So I don't think that's how names work, but that's fine. Mara's the god. Are you sure? I think um, I like more things that Kate Mara's been in. Really? But I, that doesn't necessarily mean I've liked her performance that's, in everything. That's know, Mara's the god of penises. Good. I like how he makes a reference here of, do we know exactly what part <laughs> of this scene is? And it's I'm like, that's the belly button. Like, that's a joke for your dad. It's the belly it button. could be the eye of the penis, though. Squished. Uh, Sam, get your body right. Jeez. Yeah. I don't stare down the I like his shirt. of a penis all that often. I like Tim Allen's thing. shirt, by the way. I like the pattern on that. Like, it his really... costume, basically. It really kind of is the basic, like, he's never let go of the superhero persona on a level. Like, even in his casual wear, he still has it. It's actually a, a credit to the... Uh, the costume production people. design and the, and the specifically costume at this point is yeah it's kind of like and especially like with the little tattoo on his arm because I don't yeah. think Tim Allen has that tattoo no I don't it's think so it's this idea that because of this trauma that his character has experienced he's never truly grown up he's yeah. always been a teenage hothead yeah. superhero and even the fact that he was an auto mechanic also kind of reflects that he's never really taken any responsibility yeah so it's actually uh, hear that auto it, mechanics if you live a life like that, you have no responsibilities. <laughs> no, but, but, you know, it's just something that it's he's not applying himself in any no. aspect of his life. And I think that um, it go, it, for the costume designer to show it in such a, a, a really simple way but effective mm. way is really good. Just another reason why it's such a great film. I really like Tim Allen. I, I We discussed this on uh, previous episodes with the shaggy dog and all that. I just... There's something about him where he's an honest performer mm. in which... He's not pretending that he's an actor. He's just being Tim Allen. It's you know I like those. I like certain actors in which they can pull it you off. can Some do that. Where you can he, put he them does. in places like that. Like like the guy who plays Pee Wee Herman. He can only be Pee Wee Herman in variants of himself. And you place him in the right thing, and he's great. Or you know Tim Allen, and I like him because he just he still comes across even with all the fame that he's had and all that. And he does in movies like. My favourite Tim Allen, Galaxy Quest, plays washed-up hacks. Mm. But he still comes across, like, his home improvement Tim Allen style, where he's still your average guy that you can really relate yeah, with, even right. though he's some like of his characters... dad. Yeah, even though some anyway. of his characters, you, hey, you, can't, relate, you can't relate to him. Yeah. Well, you know... It's if he gained weight and could do an American accent, he could play my dad. Yeah? I feel like he'd have similar... Like, he's got that dad humour. Wait, did you say if he gained weight and could do an American accent? Could do an Australian oh, accent. That's <laughs> you said American. I'm like, Tim Allen, what's his accent? <laughs> I liked... Yeah, Tim Allen, I think... Like, this, is a good, this is a good moment in the film. Like, showing a little bit of fun. And then you know, damage like, and they all run away. Yeah. Like, don't know why. They're like, okay, time to Everyone scatter. Went. They all work there. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Pip wasn't hurrying. And I, I know, I really <laughs> like... Despite the fact that he hasn't been introduced yet. Well, <laughs> I really like Courtney Cox in this movie, too. Courtney Cox is not an actress that I... I will be honest, she's not one that I enjoy too much. She's my least favourite aspect of the TV show Friends, next to Ross. But I think... Everyone can universally agree on that they're the, your least favorite of friends. Yeah, yeah. and I, I I've just never really and Cougar Town 
not my bag as a the TV best, show. The, the best part about Cougar Town is the episode that has Arbed in it. Yeah. In the background. And like, uh, But she has a charm to her. Like, she seems... She's like Tim Allen, where you, you, she seems like a really nice person. Like, mm. or a really genuine person in her performances, even ones I don't care for. And in this movie, I really liked it. I thought she was cute, spunky. I thought she had a right amount of energy to balance out Tim Allen's negative I could, I could, energy. I, I think, yeah, she, I think she matches her, it matches his energy and stuff. But I'm not, I'm not sure this isn't a role that I couldn't see other people doing better. I, I don't know. Who, who, who could do this better? Then Courtney the Cox, Mickey Rooney, Mickey Rooney, Mickey Rooney who is who's still alive and the, at this and point. Then just you know he completed the Rooney, the Rooney Mara's scale back in. <laughs> Rooney Mara could have played this yeah. role, and and that would have been fine. No, um, I don't know. I just don't think it's a role that could only have been done by her. I don't know. I think I think that's a tough thing. That's the you know there's only but that's the that, film that could get come remade, down. right? Yeah, Fantastic yeah, Four. Oh, <laughs> zoom zoom. Three times this movie's been done. <laughs> like the real Fantastic Four has been done like three separate occasions. They got to round it down to I mean round it up to Yeah, four well then. they had to make um the best, budget versions the best of one it. was Roger Corbin's version sadly. <laughs> they had to keep making versions of it because if they didn't make versions of it they, they'd lose they'd the lose the license. Yeah. And you don't want to lose Doctor and Doom you know, is the only reason they have the Fantastic Four because he's like Marvel's be- one of the best, best villains. villains. Yeah. Now, um, this sequence here where we get introduced to our little robot friend, and I like the design of the robot because he really does take you back to the era of when the he 80s. was a yeah the eighties robot. Uh, you know, and and I and here's the thing. Like I believe that Chevy Chase made this robot, and I'm not talking about the character. I, I mean, mean the actor that. Chevy <laughs> Chase. <laughs> like, if you told me Chevy Chase is uh, a, a brilliant engineer, but he spent this time, time doing comedy, yeah, I would believe like you one hundred percent. James Woods has an IQ of one hundred and seventy. Yeah, and he's and a he's great an actor. actor. <laughs> and he's a great actor. <laughs> Why but... can't Chevy Chase be a, a, like a robotic engineer in his spare time? The best thing James Woods has ever done, in my opinion, it's a toss-up between you know you can't go past Hercules, but I really Hades, right? yeah. Tastic. Uh, I really like and, him. And Rick Thorne in that one too. Yeah. As Zeus. I really liked, oddly enough, him in the movie Chaplin. Like, being sincere, he plays a lawyer, the prosecution for the state to make Charlie Chaplin keep paying uh, child support for a child that's not his. And James Woods is the only guy you could get to be this guy. It's so good. You should watch just the scene of him. It's kind of like Alec Baldwin in Glengarry Glen Ross, in which he gives like this giant speech where it's like, Coffee's only for closers. Was James Woods the guy in The Simpsons who was working at the Queen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and that's like, great too. Where it's like, I gotta go. The best part is like, oh, oh, and here's your change. Uh, come again. And then he stops. <laughs> he stops Jim. How do you think? Do you think that was a bit sincere? <laughs> uh, to be honest, I think it was a bit forced. Can you run it with me again? Um, and the best and he just like say the damn line. The best part is James Woods is not even that type of actor. No, <laughs> it's the greatest. He's like he's he, not the method actor. It's like, like if you Daniel Day Lewis. It's so. like if you did that episode of The Simpsons today. What actor would you get? And it would be like Michael Sarah, like you know, like someone, <laughs> who never, someone who would never play that role. Someone you Bruce don't, as, someone you don't associate as a like the best method actor of our generation. Like no. in that role, it should have been like Robert De Niro or something. Or like Daniel, like I said, Daniel, or even Leonardo DiCaprio does all this method stuff now. So yeah, but James Woods is. <laughs> I'm gonna go to a faraway distant planet to fight aliens. Oh, I can't wait for that movie. Yes, yeah, um, a movie. Back, sort of back. 
back onto the the scene in, in the lab it's really interesting because like a lot of this film has a production design that sort of follows the 70s and 60s mm. sort of like vibe of yeah. what comic books and superheroes yeah. look like um and then Mr. P like looks so 80s but the lab is the one thing that looks like it's sort of set in a modern day well yeah and that's and a, that's, and that's fair something. and that's I think fair. that's appropriate for sure this is ah uh, this is what you're saying was foreshadowing oh, right. the cow oh, the no, helicopter no, looking no, like no, a cow no, 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 got the right pattern Ryan they use alien technology to flip cows because it's actually really hard the to flip foreshadowing cows. I said earlier was when you saw the base this yeah. is foreshadowing guys so spoilers we saw the base it lit up wind hit like a shield or something and it lit up with a rainbow effect i'm like no, oh is that is that courtney cox just blowing on, on the base no it was the um it was the invisibility shield coming down no so exactly like, no exactly but i'm like it was done like courtney cox's breath uh, my favorite thing was what do you call her uh, not saying in all these things superhero powers they all have these extravagant scientific names you know like you know phasing through things and all this crap what what is the ability, the scientific term you would come up with Courtney Cox's character's abilities of rainbow breath. Good blowies. Good <laughs> gobbies, blowies. yeah. Not the gobbies, Ryan. Um, I, this, this scene really makes me want a milkshake. Yeah, it makes me want to come up with an alien theory just off the cuff of my shirt. Like, this guy just... This guy <laughs> was nearly thing. my favourite character, by the way. He got snuffed up by someone else. I won't tell you who until they come this, up. This is the other thing. This, like... I won't call it a plot hole. Because it's not a plot hole, and how dare you. But they never... <laughs> that, they never you, again... Ryan, how dare you? Never again address like a flying saucer and aliens being a part of this potential story. And that's because... Well, we live, you know, in yeah. a time where no one believes that, no one believes even though the X-Files was on. it's also, like, it's obviously setting up for, like, a potential sequel with a much bigger villain and higher stakes. Oh, yes, um, the guy who the works at man. the burger <laughs> <laughs> Who works at Wendy's. He's, like, made his own flying saucer. Uh, yeah, and, and he wages war with an intergalactic race. obviously meant to be the villains of... of He's a fairly. Are you saying this guy's not human? <laughs> is that yeah. what you're telling me? He's I like this guy. They always send undercover people. He's a fairly old man working at you know, Wendy's. Wendy's. So maybe but maybe he is. Maybe there's a deep story. Economy, maybe man. there's an Oscar winning. I mean, 2006 story. was probably early for like the economy of Wendy's sort of thing. So <laughs> didn't that happen in OA? Guys, that's why. I said guys, that. he's oh, Wendy's right. husband. Let him work <laughs> at his wife's store. <laughs> Jesus. He's just a poor old man wanting to make his wife proud of him. It's like, you know, I can't remember. I remember there was a comic of some sort, a little internet comic where this guy's working in this shop and he's like reminiscing, it's like him and his wife. And it's just like, we're always going to work here together, together, together. It's like him now as an old man and she's not there. He's like really upset, takes the bus home. He's like really upset, like reminiscing. He's like crying about it comes home he's like got like you know really sad look at his face opens up the door and his wife's just sitting on the couch really fat eating some chicken and he's just like what have you and he like bitches be, about it it's, it's like that was one day I said that's that that's almost a really like good premise for a film but I think that like it's sad if she's dead <laughs> no that's exactly what you think you think he's gonna go over and she's so dead but in fact yeah, but in fact she's just lazy <laughs> good internet content I'm like, I like great. this content like, this little girl's just like they're just like just play with his 
face. Until and it's it weird because it's not actually the little girl's hand. No, of course. It's, not. <laughs> it's some, it's some grip's hand. They're it's like, some key they're like, Costanza's find hand. us, find us the smallest hand. The smallest in of feminine hands, please. And they're like, all right, let's get over there. It would be really great if it was actually Donald Trump. I was, I was waiting for like, <laughs> yeah, where's the Trump joke coming? There I remember like when Sam was saying before about like. Uh, about the fact it was like 2006 and the economy or whatever it's like and you're like why would there be an old man working at this place I'm like well we live in a Trump world as president anything can happen in reality now I mean yeah. the idea of an old man work this film really is tackling the issues that this, face this, us today this actress who's very young is doing such a good job if you ju- and like we're, we're not watching it with the sound so we get the benefit of only seeing mm. her facial expressions and yeah. working off that but she she was actually doing an excellent job of looking scared and, and, I and was, stuff there I so really I to, liked her scenes a lot yeah I think they probably could have played down the, the cutesiness of, of her character and it would have been really interesting but I, that's not a criticism but I think that's your typical but trope very interesting. I, but I think that's your typical trope that, that these movies so aren't yet. falling into yeah. which is the little the, the person with the super strength is gruff and, and all that or like yeah, so and it's like they're playing the exact opposite with like she's ultra cute and you don't know and you don't need it with the with the teenage boy character being as moody as he is you, can, yeah. you don't want two of those characters there. exactly so the, yeah I, I and Kate understand. Mara has a character I assume. <laughs> <laughs> she has characteristics no, and no. personality. I really want to bring up something yeah, about they... Kate Mara. Yeah. I Sam, you said you've seen her in stuff that you like. I've never seen her in anything that I've liked outside of this particular film. I've only viewed like two or three of her works and they aren't great. Uh, I'm not saying that she is not great. She's just not in very good things. But this is the one where I go, yes. Kate Mara. Now, I just made a joke that she doesn't have much of a character, but that's that's off, that's off that's wrong. She really does have a character. Bartek, what do you think of Kate Mara's great character? We're talking about Summer, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, Sam I think Jones. I think if we were to say that there was a flaw to this movie, I think she might have like kind of the least character. Well, maybe the least. What about Mega Boy? No, I mean, I think yeah, I think he has just a bit more screen time than her. Yeah, I think I think Mega Boy. I think his character. We don't need a lot of his backstory to sort of understand his character. I mean, he's he's a husky young boy. And we know that. <laughs> husky. We, yeah, that's that's the term Americans tend to use for for he's... overweight, but not you know not obese. Type but he is obese. Well, in in this, he's you know he's in a he's they gained a lot of weight on the way to his, the his, his weight for the purpose of his character. Mm. But I think we we understand enough about his character. He's he's a a boy who's made fun of, most likely for his for his physical appearance. You mean this guy? Leave him alone, all right? Don't make fun of him. <laughs> yeah, that's basically like we are. We understand enough about this character, and that's why there's there's actually a really precious moment that I'll get to when we get there um, with Mega Boy, and I think that's that's where he maybe edges out. Summer is they have this mm. little moment where we can understand what Mega Boy wants as yeah. a character that we don't quite get the same food. From from summer, especially with summer's ending, not quite making. I like not being summer. as fleshed out. I like summer because in all the montages and photos, she's smiling and having a good time, and in the rest of the movie, she's basically Kate Mara's normal level of acting, which is, oh, I'm really bummed out to be here. <laughs> like I like her, but she really she's one of those actresses like a young Har- like a Harrison Ford. Yeah. They kind of don't feel like they want to be there, but there's a level of charm the best, to them. The best thing Kate Mara has done 
is the like parody of True Detective with her and Alan Page being like small detectives, <laughs> and it's just about how short they are and the things she, they can't do. Is she do. really that short? Um, she. I don't think she's how that tall. Short. Is Tim Allen? You got Tim the, Allen's you've not seen that the tall. cutouts, Ryan. You tell us. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking she's, got me there. If she's if she's short enough to sort of stand <laughs> with Alan Page, then she can't be too tall. Yeah, and Chevy Chase is really tall, so I guess if they stood next to each other, we would figure out the height difference, you know, really easy. It's like, have you seen the theory of Luke and bigger Luke in Star Wars? Oh, I thought you said like, the theory of everything. No, no, I haven't. I have seen that, though. Oh, theory of everything. Or yeah, Big that, Luke and bigger Luke. That's a great film, but I I, I, cry, I got dehydrated from crying in that film. But um, apparently in Star Wars, this theory <laughs> that there's times where Luke is bigger than he normally is and the only time you can justifiably say oh this is an appearance of bigger Luke or regular Luke or Luke Prime as they call him is when Harrison <laughs> Ford is, is in frame for because reference Harrison Ford's tall yeah alright so let's talk about the elephant in the room the transitions of this movie is stellar yeah. <laughs> I've never seen anything <laughs> like it you know what I like about this this film is saying to you hey this was made in 2006 because look at the transitions they used Windows Movie Maker as their transition <laughs> no, shots. Not even, Ryan, not even the that. transitions are homage to the 60s and 70s and 50s vibe of the film. You got me there, like, because when I think of the 50s, I really think of graphics. It's more of a t- No, but it's like the whole swiping transition. Isn't it more of a TV transition. thing than a movie thing? You're yeah, right. This really it reminds me... It is, but it's definitely of that era. This movie reminds me of two movies that we've done on our show. I hope Bartek agrees Those with paintballs me. paintballs are enormous, by the way. I yeah, but they're... No, they're weekend. small. No, like the... Oh, the paintballs even... themselves come out. They look enormous. Well, it's because they got to now really you know about size, Ryan. No, no. What I was <laughs> going to say was there's two movies we've done on the show that this reminds me of. The security two. guard knows nothing about this Wait, DNA healing. Hold on, he's trying to hold help. on. Hold. Look at this scene. Chevy Chase says an iconic line, which is, "Oh, they didn't include the subtitles." Which was, "I have a thing," and leaves. <laughs> yeah. He said that in nothing he but did. trouble, and he sure as hell said it in uh, in Snow, Snow Day. Day. Yeah. It's a thing Chevy Chase thing. says. Like Chevy Chase is not the he's an improviser, but not the biggest one, and that's him just being like, "Ah, oh, fuck it, I'm Chevy. Ah, oh, fuck yeah, it, I'm Chevy I Chase." Have a, I have a thing. But this this movie has two movies that it reminds me of: the editing style and pacing. Of the Avengers with Ralph Fi- with Rafe Fiennes, yeah, and it reminds me of Thunderbirds that we did recently. Thunderbirds definitely. It like it's very, like if you had the, the director feet. of the director and editor of the Avengers did Thunderbirds with Tim Allen. That's how this movie makes me feel. Yeah, well, that's kind of like that's their target audience. It's a similar that the reason you know it's probably mm. Pan Sathura is its target audience is not you know it's not the big it's not going out for big geeky superhero lovers it's going out for kids who mm. are just going to enjoy the superhero element exactly to a kids film and I think that's where they've done perfectly yeah in, in the editing and, and getting Tim Allen for that regard and and that's and, you know Bartek you, you seem a little bit confused why I'm saying the, the Avengers perhaps as my but. choice it's because for me when I watch this now Sam you've seen this multiple times before mm. <laughs> and I, for me, this was first time seeing it for this for the show. First time seeing it, and the transitions, not the, the physical, but like the actual transitions from scene to scene and pacing and all that. For me, it felt like my big problem with this movie 
one of my big problems is, and I do have problems, this is a masterpiece, but you still have to address the faults. And for me, it felt like scenes were missing or, or yes. character developments weren't there and you just have to be like, oh, I guess he's no longer moody teen now. And, and that reminds me of the Avengers in which it's this surrealist artistic style of doing it. And this film makes me feel the same way where it's like you're reading a comic book, but someone's ripped out a page mm-hmm. and you just have to read the and next that's, one. And that's a really interesting conversation to have because you're going at what point, like where does the fault lie in that? Is it that they've cut it down because they had to make it a kid-friendly sized film? Yeah. And so that there maybe there are those scenes missing on the editing room floor. So is that a producer's problem? Is it the editor's, like stuff up or is it that it was not written in or is it all on purpose for us to find out more in the sequel that they bait us with at the end I think that um but I I think the transition for uh um is his name uh, Zach Zachy boy is his name uh the the teenage boy the teen Mr. West yeah yeah I think he um I think his character is uh, um I think I think I feel like the transition from teeny like moody guy to being cooperative kind of comes from that scene in the prison is that like mm. Tim Allen's willing to tell him you know I was I was where you are like this I understand it's a tough tough, tough look how curled this little girl's hair is in this scene yeah well you know, you know <laughs> Kate Mara Kate Mara she... was curling her hair for her how much... was she... with her mind <laughs> with her telekinetic <laughs> Ryan did you need a hot rollers did you need to like hold someone's hand for this scene I, I had a lot of feelings about this scene <laughs> with Chevy I felt this was unfair to Mr. Chase he's a sick man evidently <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess this would elements? be... What? I guess this would be the scene where he looks sick. How right? did the insurance company approve of this? No, I think... That... Look, he's got a sweat on. Like, why has he got that happening? I think that um, this goes to what you were saying, is that he's such an excellent physical actor. And you said it with his face, but he also does it with his body. Oh, yeah, definitely. And putting him in this kind of... You can't have Chevy Chase in a film and not have this kind of scene in it. You yeah. can't not give him the room mm. to do what he's doing in this scene. I, I just... When I see Chevy, you know, in movies like this and the later part of his career where you could say he's on the decline mm. before Community, yeah, I feel hopeful for his future still because he's still, like, and I will be honest, out of all the movies we've done with Chevy, Nothing But Trouble, Snow Day and this. I don't know how you feel, Bartek. But I feel like this is the one where I actually felt like he was having fun and trying. Yeah, not I, saying he's not having fun in the other two. But he Nothing but trouble, definitely not having fun. Yeah. But he found his own fun by just saying, fuck you. And Snow Day, I've he seen was the, having a little bit I've of fun. I've seen the special features of Snow Day, and I do think he did have a, he had a little, decent A time. decent little fun, but I he was there I just... I think he's having a good time here. And look at this, you know, that singing bit. Like, And I feel like out of this, this is the Chevy Chase that we didn't get to see too much, even in his bigger parts of his career, where he's just having fun. This is just fun. Like, you know, he's good. And good. he can afford to do stuff like that. Exactly. He's Chevy Chase. You're not. Like, you know, that's <laughs> it. Like, And it makes me hopeful. And then I know deep down the road, oh, this this is the great sequence here where they've just got to do the good, the bad, and the ugly. And who's the bad here? It's obviously the little girl. Mm. And the good, Chevy Chase. And the ugly, the skunk. I mean, obviously. Oh, thank God I thought you were going to say me. You are ugly, yeah. Uh, I no. disagree, but I don't think that's text ugly at Thanks, all. Thanks, Sam. I didn't say <laughs> So, I, you know, Chevy Chase... It's really well shot, that, that sequence, though. That sequence of shot. This sequence here where Chevy Chase's face is just in... You know, like, if Stanley Kubrick shot that, 
perfect. Like oh, it's, it'd be it's, Oscar worthy. It's it, yeah. Like okay, it wasn't it's, even trying to it's, go away. It's, it's snobby Hollywood is what it is. Snobby Rod. Snobby Wood. <laughs> yeah, snobby, more like snubby, because they snubbed this film at the Oscars. Yeah, yeah, I mean, where was Courtney Cox's nomination? Well, I mean, if Only Su- she could if, play this if role. If Suicide Squad can get a nomination for hair and makeup, why not this film? Did it really? And actually, I think it makeup, you're, you're, you're makeup kidding, and right? It got nominated for something. Os- nominated for makeup and costume. For the joke? <laughs> no, for, well, for, well, for Harvey, all of it, but all like, of it, like the cost again, say what you want about Suicide Squad, but if you actually, the cost, it, costumes are well done they, and, and the makeup, yeah. makeup is well done for the, for the aesthetic. I mean, of the, the costumes are well done because they are actually wearing clothes. So I guess <laughs> tick in that box. Well, the, the, well, the three of us could be nominated. Fuck. <laughs> Speedballers presents nominated for costume design. Ah, but shit, right? You're, you're not wearing shorts, so. Fuck no, that, no. That's why we win because we're showing diversity. Shorts, yeah. We're showing diversity. We're all wearing t-shirts, oh, but yours is tucked in, so I guess. Mine's tucked in. It's got a lo- it's got writing on it. It's black. Yeah, but we. Those we have are literally in. the kind of pants I wear to school. When I have to be professional enough to have a regular job, those. Well, I'm are, professional those all the time. So those are the pants I wear. when when I go to my job, I just wear slacks. <laughs> I also have slacks. You're slack. So like this his. is when we find out he is worthy of being lead of the team because yeah. he can literally see the way. And while Kate Mara, who's been, you know, arguably the most sensible, level-headed, and also the one with the arguably one of the best abilities you could have, is just second in charge, you know, whatever. Well, it, it's interesting because from a from a standpoint of how powers work, it can kind of make sense. And he says that, you know, marksman on, on his team was someone who had this ability. Mm. And that makes sense again, because if you're a marksman, you want to be able to see far and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but it, it works for that character because, um, he, well, his powers are to do with sight and his powers are to do yeah. with light. So you like can, Cyclops. Ar- yeah, well, you can argue that, well, if his powers extend from invisibility and it's about the visible spectrum, then maybe he can see mm. in the way that we just saw him see. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, no, obviously, I just mentioned Cyclops. This movie obviously has a lot of homage to the X-Men. It's, yes, in fact, there's symbols. They're wearing we yellow. X symbols um, when Cindy's throwing those weights when they do yeah. over those X symbols. And stuff. There's a lot going on. I've got a joke. I'm going to say the joke now. Okay. And, um, when I say it, you have to clap. Okay. Um, so he's like Cyclops, so he's like Cyclops, right? I got the clap from that joke. Jesus. <laughs> Good on you, Sam. No, my thing was about this, uh, you know, this film with uh, West, uh, Zach West, and Summer Jones, and I, I can't remember what's the little girl's name, Princess? Cindy. Cindy Princess? It's, I'm uh, not sure, I can't remember her last name, but it's, a, the, oh no, this is my fun fact. That's Rory from Gilmore Girls? No, well, Ro- yes. No, but Fez, that's Fez Ryan. from that 70s show. <laughs> <laughs> and if we, eliminate, if, if we eliminate who the people are, he might have been the leader no, of no, their he, team. He was, he's probably. Sitting, he's sitting front and centre, and the other dude on the team, who's not Tim Allen's character, is Concussion, and, as we know. Oh, uh, Colossus, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when like, I read the trivia, I'm like, oh, and Wilma, Wilma Van Drama played one of the guys in the photo. I'm like, oh, jeez, I missed that. I, when, when I, I noticed it my first trip around and I we on Fox and I paused it and rewound it I'm like, is Fez a superhero? And then just then when I saw it I'm like, oh my god, how did I miss that? Yeah. My girlfriend watched it last night. She's like, hey, I think that's Rory from Gilmore Girls and I'm not a big fan of Gilmore it, Girls and it that, goes to show uh, that we noticed the Fez. <laughs> I didn't notice I to be honest, I didn't pay attention. Uh, but here's the thing, here's the thing. That day 
My girlfriend walked, because I know a lot of quotes. My girlfriend walked up to me and was just like, hey, Ryan, do you know this quote? Oh, wait a moment. No, no, no. It's from Gilmore Girls. You won't know this quote. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't know the quote from Gilmore Guys. I'm sorry. And then later on, she's like, is that Rory from Gilmore Girls? And I'm like, I don't know if it's Rory from More Gil Girls. Like, I don't know. I don't know I, Gilmore I, Girls. I evidently did not notice Fez. I I'm disapprove so of Gilmore Girls as a concept in a show. Wait, are you disapproving of Gilmore Girls? Yes, <laughs> I mean, jeez. I, I think it promotes an unhealthy relationship between a mother and a daughter. What's, yeah. What's the concept? Uh, daughter raises her mother like a daughter. Yeah. Kind of that like kind it's of a mother-daughter, but like the mother's just young enough to maybe still be like hot single mum. Like her and her daughter, her daughter's 16 and they literally have all the exact same problems. Yeah, like, and oh, mum, I got it, my period. Oh, me too. Oh. Let's order ice cream together. And it's, and uh, oh my... <laughs> I have a problem with this boy and the mum's like oh well I've already fucked that boy so it's like oh we have the same it's just like it's not a the like, only it's thing it's not a mother daughter I want Sam to be my media teacher the only thing <laughs> the only thing okay I'm teaching you I know this doesn't have much year, to so do with the show the movie but Gilmore Girls the best aspect are the mother the grandparents her yeah. parents because they're both rich assholes except for the dad who's like really nice and he's played by that guy, that old white guy who's always a rich guy, and he's yeah. in the movie, my favourite movie of his, Intolerable, Intolerable Cruelty, mm. in which he's a guy who's just obsessed with trains, and he buys he, he buys hookers just to pretend to be conductors and jump on a trampoline <laughs> while he projects trains, and that's, like, all he does. <laughs> this scene really got uh, me, because it made you think of The Incredibles. Yeah. And I, you know what? I love, I, I love that kind of scene, where we see them, like, because, you inventing know, Inventing tech to yeah, make them better. inventing the costume. And we see that a lot in TV shows. Like, we see it in the first episode of Supergirl. But the idea of coming up with the costume, coming up with the look, and coming up with the names, and that sort of stuff. And I think that really, um, that's a really, like, you have to have a scene like that, and I think that's cool. No, I, I, I full heartedly agree. Now, did we have a least favourite? Remember favorite? that vibrating finger hashtag, because it's yeah. bad to grab. <laughs> uh, did we have a least favourite character in this movie? It's very it's hard. hard to. It's hard to pick. It's hard to because I think all of the characters have like redeemable qualities. They have. They all have flaws, which is good, which makes it realistic mm. and good to I, watch. Yeah, but I they all have redeemable qualities as well. I think my least favorite would have to be Rip Torn. Mm. Maybe. Yeah, uh, because he's the antagonist. Exactly, he's the antagonist. Next to you're just still salty. Well, about he's, he's got essentially <laughs> he's more so the antagonist than concussion. Because yeah, he's I, putting know. them through dangerous situations. He's even when concussion's a good guy, he's mm. maybe still not like yeah, Thorne's still yeah. not. He's kind of representative of Tim Allen's earlier in the movie. Yeah, the yeah, more extremist you know, type. Colossus. I, you know, far out. He, I keep he, calling him Colossus. He, Concussed. Concussion. <laughs> Concussion. Far out. Concussion. Yeah. I almost said Congress just then. Congress himself. I liked him a lot, actually. Uh, another thing I'll bring up later <laughs> is how good his eyes are. No, it's some of the physical acting in, in concussion scenes, which just mm. make me laugh. When I think of concussion, I think of that Will Smith movie that came out ah, like a year or two got, ago. He got where snobbed for that as well. Because he, he did like an there. African accent and he's like, I remember that. Tell them the truth. The truth. <laughs> he's like, the great thing about that kind of African accent is no matter how intense one is trying to be it's still like no offense I mean it's so terrible but it's still and especially for Will Smith whose accent is not that naturally even when you're trying to be intense being like tell the truth 
the truth it still comes across as nice like calming yeah but and <laughs> like please but when they're in distress then it sounds really funny do we think that I, I don't remember them saying it but do we think the significance of the site mm. of where he lands because it's already got like scorch marks is this where concussion disappeared yeah originally yeah that's how Tim Allen knew to go there well, I think t- well, it was originally going to arrive where Tim Allen was. They say that that the that mm. the oh, going towards moved. Timmy yeah, he's, boy. He's coming towards Tim Allen. I would come towards. So Tim he Allen. would have been at the mechanic. <laughs> yeah, he's like, where's your car? I would have been <laughs> in, like that movie. Concussion, where... Yeah, concussion would have ri- arrived in the middle of a populated town if they hadn't have gotten Zoom to come with them. So Chevy Chase is a real hero. Now here's yeah. a sequence. Now Bartek. Can you That's tell me, me? Can you tell me what movie that we've done on this show reminds you of this sequence? Yes, I think you already know. Yes, because when she gets the dress, that is her dress. Yeah, it's her <laughs> dress in the movie Vampire Academy and this movie. Speaking of I Academy, when mo- both both movies have very attractive women. Like I don't think Kate Mara is that attractive. Like she's fine. I think she's a realistic she's attractive. Fine. Yeah, no, like, she's she's fine. Which I like to see in films. I like to see. Um, what was that you know, adjective used? Realistic. Oh, realistic, yeah. So she's the kind of girl who would be like, she'd be pretty at, at your high school. Yeah, but sort of not thing. like a but fantasy. Not, but yeah, not not like, you know, not yeah, so she's, pretty that she's you a couldn't bit, talk to her. She, yeah, like she's that. a bit plain, but not too much. Like, it's all that. But like the thing that both movies have is both characters have an already amazingly sensual outfit on at some point before they are given their dress, which is just a plain... Jane boring black dress dress that so doesn't really show off any that, features. What's the central thing that Summer wears earlier? Summer was, I mean, not appropriate for this party, but that that outfit she was just wearing just then was was uh, it was sexier than the dress it was sexier she, than her dress. Yeah, the tank top, but that's again appealing to our sense of realism and like yeah, the whole like girls being comfortable is if can kind of be sexy mm. as well and seeing her in a tank top and just like the comfy overalls makes us go I really like the balloon gloves there by it, the it's it's really relieving I like she dances and she's dancing with weirdly romantically with that robot <laughs> and the best thing about it is she's like six Summer's now wearing thongs with her dress but I heard like it's a dance party yeah Worst I would choice. wear thongs because I love the feeling of cold concrete on my bare feet. So I'm with Summer on this one. Um, I think Courtney Cox looks really attractive in this sequence She's, here. But, yeah, she does. But I, think, I think it's better than that green dress she had on earlier. I, I think she just looks like yeah, Courtney but, Cox. But like, again, it's she looks comfortable. I would be comfortable. Like when, and and that's, that's, a, that's something Courtney Cox has done well, where she looks uncomfortable in the green dress because it's not something her character would normally yeah. wear. Well, it's actually something that Courtney Cox would probably wear quite Often. Often. You know, Courtney Green Dress Cox. Yeah. So, did we have a... So, Rip Torn is everyone's least favourite? Yeah, I think so. I wrote of the main team, huh? if we are if we limit it to the main team, you probably have a more interesting answer. Uh, I think it's uh, Houdini for me. He's just a bit too angsty for my taste. Like, I've never been into those angsty characters he as felt, much. He felt like a very light version of Bender from Breakfast Club. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were saying Bender from Futurama, oh, I th- and I was like, "That's, that's why I had to say I, Breakfast." Club. I can like, um, I can like an angsty character, but it has to like fit in with the mm. dynamic. And I think with a team of, with Tim Allen kind of being the grumpy guy, that yeah, you don't, it 
it might be too much that you've got two characters that have that kind of attitude. Yeah. But that's intentional as well. You're meant to see and they have him a, as a young Tim Allen's and version. They, and he has and to have someone to butt heads with. Yeah, yeah exactly. And they, and they oh, otherwise things go too smoothly. That's not interesting. Yeah, and they emphasise the whole thing of how the, the group, they're called kids by everyone. So it's like, oh, you know, they've got their, you know, developmental kind of things going yeah, on. Yeah, they have, they have to grow. Like... Hmm. Most um, of these are like so midway like, through puberty. So, yeah, so when when Tim Allen does that whole oh, I don't know dude thing, and the guy's just like you know whatever, I'm getting out of here. It's like well, come on, Tim, he's a kid. You know, yeah. Why are you trying to like make him look or feel like an idiot? Yeah, and that's the idea. Tim doesn't spend time with kids. He spends times with cars and fingering <laughs> ladies with his vibrating finger. Yeah. Did Did you find it kind time of... at Sexpo where he puts on a show? You know how a couple of scenes ago back when <laughs> they were questioning whether Tim Allen. Was it liked or cared about them? Or yeah. Yes. Did you find it weird how that happened after the already tender scene where the girl, you know, slept in his room? Um, yeah, it's really good that you put tender that's, before that's, you that's said that. Interesting, Bartek. But remember that only Cindy is aware of the fact that they that they had that. But in that so scene, the others, the other characters, don't have any tender Tim. Don't have any tender. Yeah, but moments. in that scene, and this they, is where we get Summer's tender moment with him, like, "Oh no, you look great," sort of thing. So but I can in understand that, that scene. They asked, like, Cindy, hey, Cindy, let's come with us. Let's go. And she was like, yeah, okay, we're going. I, th- but I think it's fair enough to say that Cindy's also developed a stronger bond with Summer mm. and a stronger bond with these teens because we have them having mm. their food fight and yeah. all that sort of fellow stuff. Kids. That she's going to go with the fellow kids. Yeah, the fellow kids. That's where that. you feel it. This is my favourite scene in the whole film. Wow. And this is where I feel we have a tender moment I um, between like characters. And this is where I feel like... They evolve. The characters come together as a team. Yeah. And yes, we've seen that they've gotten better at their, their fighting and we've had the montage of them improving as superheroes, but this is where a team is formed. Yeah, and, and I think it's really great that it starts out with the antagonist coming into full fruition as well with Rip Torn just before this being like, no, we're doing this we're shit. We're going to make them. I wrote in my notes that Rip just tore because he finally let loose in this. And I like the sequence too. It's like, this is where the plot really begins with this John Favreau-looking guard. I don't know. That was a reference to Zathura. <laughs> but... I like this. Her outfit looks makes it look like a poodle. It's fantastic. Uh, my favorite part. I was is... thinking Mega Man, but pink. Oh, it does look like a pink Mega Man. Or it's um, Samus for that matter. Oh, Samus. Oh yeah, like old Metroid. Yeah, old NES Metroid. Samus. Yeah. Metal Gear Solid Two sucks. Yeah, I agree. So... <laughs> oh, Metroid. This, this is a great, great scene. Uh, fifty-two being the number of the thing is obviously not an accident. With um. No, it's Area Fifty-two. Yeah. yeah. So, As Chevy Chase said loudly. Said but also, I'm. So, I was going to say that, which. Remember the new Fifty Two being series coming looks DC. Oh yes, of course. So then again, DC inspired by, now, by this film as well. Let's be serious here. Yeah, SRS. This movie didn't do very well. It's not rated very well, no. and I think that's unfair. But that's why it's upon, an unappreciated. A, yeah, no, and I think it's unfair upon the superhero genre because this is part of the superhero genre. Let's let's just step away from the family genre of it, the superhero genre. Mm. There's superhero movies that I just. And I personally don't understand why they get more love and appreciation than this movie. Big ones. Like, obviously, it's easy to point at, say, Suicide Squad or, or Batman v Superman. Or, you know, but there's movies from this time that still gets people, you know, that still have people bend over backwards to defend it on some level. Like, oh, it did this right. Like, say, The Daredevil with Ben Affleck. Like, yeah, that has aspects that work to it. But, like, but, they're not good movies. But Daredevil... Ben Affleck is actually more around this time. No, exactly. So that's if, why I'm using you, that as an That's example. why it's great. It's a great point, Ryan, because yeah. you, the criticisms about potentially this film are actually standard practice of 2000, 
of of the superhero movies at the time because remember 2006 it's two years before Iron Man comes out yeah and, and then the Batman the Begins and all of, that yeah. and yeah and those films changed uh, Batman Begins was 2005 but it was oh, on, yeah. it, it was on a whole different plane anyway yeah 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 but you know that those films that changed the tone of superhero films mm. from then onwards. So this is actually, it fits right in with the superhero films of the time anyway. So I, I think it's an invalid criticism from most people. Yeah, exactly. That. And I, I just find it frustrating for me. We live in an age now in which superheroes are conquering the movies. Yeah. Uh, we've had this discussion on the podcast before, but with, with the problem of, you know, for me, this is the era where a certain genre is the blockbuster. Like, each year for a while, it was different things with blockbusters. Like, oh, remember that time where Godzilla was the blockbuster? And then it was, like, then this, this, this. Like, different genres, mainly, like, disaster movies. Oh, like how Twilight. Yeah, well, yeah and Twilight yeah. and all that. And young... So supernatural you, you, stuff the, was the blockbuster. Young adult and all that. But now superheroes have always been this constant since, like, what, 2008, let's yeah. say. And it's very interesting, the problems that come with that being the mainstream thing of the defense for inferior products. Like, I imagine... Imagine if Batman and Robin didn't exist when it got made. And it, it got made today. How many people would be like... No, oh, man, no, Batman perfect. and Robin's great. Like, yeah, and that's and why would, I go this... probably say, oh, it's it's in reference to the campy 60s. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, and You can justify anything. And this movie, I feel like, doesn't get enough defense and justification. While movies like Batman vs. Superman, which goes for like three million years long, has no focus. Yeah. <laughs> no focus. And then, look, I liked it. Don't get me wrong. I like certain I like, parts of I it. I like put parts of it. Parts of it. But even the parts I liked are invalid. Because the parts that I don't like outweigh the parts that I liked. And on a whole, that kind of outweighs the pros I'd, of the movie for I've, me. And, as, and also, as someone who is not a reader of comics, as just a film goer, Batman vs Superman has way too many cons as it does pros. And with a movie like this, where I think it has as many pros as cons. Like, sure. I think this movie is very balanced in the things that don't work and the things that work. Mm. I feel it's unfair that this movie doesn't get a defense. It I doesn't have people making 10-minute-long videos on YouTube being like, Zoom, think, best movie ever! I like, think we also have a problem. You didn't find that one video we on have YouTube, a, though. We have a problem today, and um, and I say this because I'm a, I'm a huge Marvel and DC comic book yeah. fan. And so people sort of have this idea that you're either a fan of one or the other. And, yeah. um, and the, but the big problem is we think it's good today or we, or we reward being uh, unconditionally a fan of something. Yeah, exactly. I'm a huge DC fan, so I love DC. But if I see parts of the film that aren't good, I'll criticise them because I'm not unconditionally loving DC. If they make stuff bad, they mm. make stuff bad. You want to see and them do good. It's the same with music. It's like... You know, people can't be objective about Kanye West. There were people who were like, oh, Kanye West is amazing, when really on his new album there are three good songs. And same with Rihanna and other similar mm, artists. Yeah, yeah. That if they're a big person, like there are people who will love them no matter the quality of Yeah, no of matter what. what. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I wanted to say um, earlier with this that the tender moment I really enjoyed in this film, and it's a small tender moment where I think Mega Boy edges over summer is when they're coming up with the names and Houdini. Yeah, yeah. They call him Houdini, which is a great great one and he asks mega boy what do you call me yeah and he says houdini and he calls him mega boy and it's kind of cool because we talked about mega boy being like the fat kid that people make fun of mm. and what he's well, yeah, like what, mean bully and mean bully. What, yeah and what essentially what we see between him and houdini is that they've developed a big brother little brother relationship and that's mm. probably all someone like tucker has really wanted is a is a as a friend yeah who likes him 
Mm. And so that's why I think it's really tender moment. And I think that's where Tucker edges out someone. This guy was my second favourite character in the entire movie. Like, because a line delivery he has here, where he gets lifted up and he's... Look at him, look at him. And he just goes... Put me down. Put me, no, he doesn't even say like that. He just goes... Put me down, Miss Jones. <laughs> he's, yeah, it's, he's like, it's like this has happened annoyed, to him before. Yeah. Well, he, if he if he was the security guard while Tim Allen was a teenager, then he's probably had. And, and here's something. Now, you know, I'm not big into comics, so I may be wrong, but Kate Mara throughout this movie, like, has a really cheeky smile and puts her hands on her hips and she does all of this stuff. And, and, and you mentioned Ellen Page before. Yeah. And, I, you know, and um, I feel like Ellen Page could have been in this movie and sure. Kate Mara could have been in the X-Men movie. Like, Easily. Because they kind of are, not say they're interchangeable, but they both really meet a certain like little niche yeah. but they're both very different like yeah they're actually very different but they, I get what you mean they kind of both fit this like young teenage not quirky girl but just sort of off what you'd expect from a regular teenage girl character yeah like and they're that's, just that's a bit off in that regard they're potentially interchangeable also I think Kate Mara would make a great like android in a movie like you know <laughs> or like, in real life no them. no like, like you know how you have movies like uh Why did, ex you... machina or one that came out last yeah, yeah. year morgan directed by the son of ridley scott that had uh the lead actress from the movie the witch uh there's certain actresses that you could just see playing good androids like scarlett johansson like would scarlett she... johansson would be a great android would rooney mara be in the remake of terminator 3 rooney mara or kate mara was it Kate Mara? I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. This Kate, Kate Mara, Mara can be Arnold and Rooney can be um, the evil woman. So who's Rooney Mara again? Rooney Mara is Tiger Lily. Right. My Fuck, you don't know your Maras. Or the girl I know from, the uh, god Mara. girl with the tattoo sort of thing. Too many Maras. There's <laughs> really basically two. <laughs> There's too many. I liked um, that the spaceship has an interesting design to it. Like you said, 60s. But it also reminds me that these people sat down and watched Independence Day. Yeah. Which is always good to reference. <laughs> Made me think of, like, toothpaste, kind of. Delicious. Made you think of toothpaste? Well, because, you know, toothpaste yeah, is kind a... of associated with, like, bathrooms which are really clean and that, and like, white. look really clean and sterile and kind of... Yeah, and know, they're very dentistry. white and they have, like, a futuristic bathroom for some reason. Yeah. Except for that toothpaste ad where it's the guy and he looks like he's in the bathroom in The Shining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, those furry things all over your mouth. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> Get out of there. That's why Jack Nicholson killed his family. Get out. Like, <laughs> Bartek. Yes, Ryan. For you, me. What is it that weighs this movie down? What is it that makes it unappreciated? The you mentioned way, way earlier during the tender scene that um yeah they were kind of playing against or no they were playing for certain tropes about child characters mm. and that kind of made me get to thinking about how this film plays against a lot of typical um, pacing and story. Uh, conventions. Mm. For example, the scene where Rip Torn has established himself as not really the antagonist, but like he gets serious and dimensions like, okay, this is going to happen now. That was about an hour in the film and there was about 25 minutes left. Yeah. In a lot of films, and we can even compare this to, say, Kingsman. Mm. You remember in Kingsman, there was a scene where they had like the whole training thing? So, yeah. yeah. And of the whole film, how long did that take? I don't know, like 10 minutes? 10 minutes. This film is majority that. I, 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 I absolutely agree with you, Bartek. And I think what's missing from this film that we often have, specifically 
in the superhero genre, and that's probably why it kind of grates the wrong way, is we normally have a confrontation with our villain earlier in the film. Yeah, so that way you get a taste of what's to come. Yeah, we normally have a taste taste of what's to come, a confrontation where our heroes aren't quite enough, Mm. and then they face the villain, and the second time around, they are enough. And in this, we... We, you have that but only slightly it's like a really small moment within the larger confrontation yeah. whereas then we're used to having one two or, or more confrontations with our villain yeah you basically just so get a bit of more about him the third act is tiny and it's you know it's, it's almost like a two act structure yeah. but but with one incredibly long act and one short act yeah so what I was going to say there is that you know audiences they would obviously think oh, if, they, if they don't notice the whole pacing issue they'll just say something's off about this mm. but what it, this kind of I guess focus this film focuses in on more like an indie mindset in that let's do let's do one thing that's common but let's do that thing really well so yeah. it was yeah. it was taking this whole concept of of the training the build up to the later stuff and just being like let's let's just do that for most of it and just do it really well yeah I agree and I think in fan for like the uh, fan four stick, yeah. Fan four stick. I think they actually have a similar thing where the first act of the film uh, about bringing together um, our characters and how they get their powers is yeah. actually done incredibly well. And then people are like, okay, now what were we going to do for the second half of the film? Then they get their powers. Yeah, yeah. and the, and the, I think from in fan four stick that from when they have their explosion and he looks back at his leg and it's stretched. Yeah, yeah. If you'd ended the film there, it would have potentially been a, like it would have a been great a great short film. Yeah. Great short film or an episode to the Netflix series that they should have gotten or something like that. Yeah. My favorite that's one of my favorite things about superhero movies like that. The bad ones is they have those gems like Spider-Man 3, the whole the 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 Sandman being created is a great short film yeah. in a terrible movie. Yeah, and you're and that's a very common held like opinion because it's objectively gorgeous, <laughs> beautifully put together. So Bartek, you think it's all that stuff, huh? Pacings. What? That the pacing of this weighs it down. Uh, this I style. Think not in the objective sense, but in the uh, most audience goers who would have saw this or don't want to see it don't understand what, what it it's doing really it, well. Yeah. Mm, yeah, they yeah. just think, oh, I'm either not interested in this or if they did see it, they think this, what they did was boring, they shouldn't have done it when they kind yeah. of didn't see the intention. I think mm. the only, another, this is probably the only issue I've had with some of the production design in this film is like the Zenith have their, the old Zenith team have this cool red, yeah, uh, red costume and it's very like space age and because it's like an organisation at Area you know, 52 and and we associate that with like NASA and all that kind of stuff. Um, and the New Zealand team are all in white, so it kind of follows our expectations of those kind of suits today. Yeah. But Zoom suit is black. Yeah, but that's because Chevy Chase made, made it, it for him. But made it for che- him back then. But Chevy Chase is also making all of the suits. Yeah, but he doesn't know that. So he, he, he wouldn't make a new one because Zoom doesn't have powers. No, but what I'm saying is, couldn't he have made their suits? to match that design sensibility because I think that it, mm. they would look cooler if they all had zoom yeah, the, the white suits are kind of reminding me of like uh, Austin Powers 2 when they go to the, the moon? moon base yeah. no it reminds me of Bruce Lee yeah. Uh, in terms of things of what I liked about him being black and then being white is it's the showing the difference between not only say the obvious of 
the age, yeah. but the fact that he is their superior, their mentor, yeah. more so than their leader. Like, he's just a mentor. And what I liked about them being in white in contrast to him being in red, too, is just red matching the red eyes, but it's also that color of villainous in this case. Yeah, obviously, and them being in the white being purity, white purity and innocence. And Tim Allen, you could argue that Tim Allen's, even when he's the good guy, he's not a pure character because he's had those dark moments. Yeah. But Jeez, so there's that, you also actually bring up a problem of, like, you're allowed to have Tim Allen stand out because he's their mentor or even their leader in some, yeah. some aspects. But he's not meant to be their leader. No, Houdini no, he's is. no. But and he's that, still, and that's, and that's where a sequel would be really interesting: is seeing a dynamic where Tim Allen's taught them all and kind of has this natural inclination to try and tell them what to do and lead them. Yeah, he becomes but their professor. He's not X. to be. He's not meant to be their leader. Yeah, you know. And yeah. yes, it would be similar to Professor X and Xavier. But uh, sorry, and Cyclops. But the difference is Professor X doesn't go out on the field. No, exactly. Where Zoom would. But Zoom, I guess you could argue, like I don't know. This is all theory but zoom could be the wolverine to their team where he's like a leader kind of but cyclops is their leader like you'd have that dynamic there where it's like i'm old i know what i'm doing yeah exactly where but like i don't think that would be the case obviously and also if the end sequence is is to go off concussion's part of their team as well yeah so you'd actually have two characters who are like no well i've been a superhero for for quite i've had these past quite a yeah. while maybe you should take a back seat to me yeah, but like they literally did a whole thing about us thinking that Houdini should be the leader, the and leader I think that's group. what's going to happen. I, you know what that's I like? The sequel would have been brilliant. Now, I I liked um the villain here. I I think my weakness for the movie, I have two major ones. I'll tell you my lesser one is what we said about the villain. It's this oncoming storm that you're waiting for, and he arrives too late for me. If he was in the movie 10 minutes earlier, and this whole sequence played out a bit longer, the whole dynamic between him having killed previous team members, having betrayed Tim this, Allen. This <laughs> His little fist curls. <laughs> Why is he just. Well, he's like... fighting like in the 1950s. Yeah, but it's just funny that he like curls up his fist like a dinosaur and I punches like... away the rocks. And I think what would have worked for me is more development of the dynamic between the villain and the heroes. Like, Tim Allen's. I, I, like, I would like it if they tried to get him into this vortex without trying to hurt him because it's Tim Allen's brother. Like, yeah. I love those kind of things in comic books and in sci fi where a hero has been brainwashed and you have to try and save them from without hurting, without hurting them. Yeah, and, yeah. and they didn't take that in this thing. He also looks like Black Panther in his suit. Am I the, am I the only one who thinks that ever to know? No, it's, it's, it's that kind of material yeah. and the hard silver edge. And for me, I think the major weakness of this movie is that it got made in 2000. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to leave it there. They should have never made this film. No, I think, yeah, if this no, was made, this if this was never... made in 2014, mm, you know, it got made alongside, a... if, it, if this got made by, you know, the Gunn brothers who were, you know, it would have been an amazing, like, it would have been recognised. I'd like to see someone justify, that's, like, that's not what I, that's a weakness, that, like, that's, some of this That's made. not what I'm saying. I, think, I know it's not what you're saying, I, but I'd like to hear that. I think this would have been great as a radio play. You know no, what I mean? I think there's so I, many visual things. Nah. Very <laughs> visual story. I mean, I guess that's, in a way, you saying that it feels like a older 60s product yeah. in a different way. Yeah, that's that's kind of good. I, I think I would read this as a comic. I'm not saying it can't be a movie. It can. I just think it, it got trans, made. It would almost translate better to a, 
to a comic. Yeah, a comic or, or radio play for me. I'd love to hear Tim, hear Tim Allen each week fighting his way to freedom. This uh, this is uh, this. There's actually a list of like films that like the black the sequels that don't happen would have oh, yeah. been better than the than the film we got. And that's not to say this isn't a good film, but the sequel that could have happened to this, like we also have very little about this dynamic between the the older brother. Yeah. chronologically and the biologically older brother mm. and how that would have worked like you know yeah. Jackie or, or, what or happens Tim to Allen's character is the younger brother in their in their scenario but obviously he's in his like 50s and, <sighs> so it would have been great to have a scene in, in the second film yeah. where that dynamic is a problem I would love a sequel which he has to reintroduce him to modern day society because he's been gone for 30 <laughs> yeah, years that's always a good sort of thing to see it's always great I, and it would have been it would have been great because we could have had a touch of tragedy yeah. with Zoom not sort of having to hand over his brother to the teenagers of the group mm. because he goes oh you know I'm I'm not your age, you know, like you need to be around young people now. Young people, even though you're from, you know, my time, my time, you've you're still pretty much an adolescent. We need to, like, you have to hang out with these guys, and I have to take a back seat, like <laughs> a parent. Yeah. And that would be a heart wrenching decision to see on screen. <laughs> and plot twist: Fez is alive. Yeah, plot. Uh, that would be just, great. Just, for some just to get him. Well, <laughs> plot twist: This guy's my and, favorite character, by the way. Uh, uh, that's actually a pretty good choice. And the cool thing, Bartek, is we could have had a flashback scene in the sequel where the original fight with concussion, and you could have gotten all the actors who played the. And the Fez team. is still in his that seven show outfit. And Fez, the reason Fez is still alive is because he like jumped into the vortex with him or sacrificed himself in some way. That would have been great. That would have been great. Scene. Or Fez's powers. This actually is just pre- cheating. I thought he yeah. should not be allowed to play soccer. And if he's allowed to play soccer, it should be clear that he's not allowed to use his powers. Here's my favorite part. I actually saw this scene and followed that context. main kid. No, no, no. I watched it within the movie, and I saw the main kid kicking the soccer ball. I'm like, who's this kid? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know who they're like, because you know, by the beats of a movie, oh, they're showing each kid and how they're adapted to modern day society, like with the powers. I'm like, who's this kid? I don't remember. Yeah, soccer yeah, yeah. he's got friends. Usually, you know? usually in the soccer game, like the this, star, the this... star is like the the guy who kicks. Oh, really and she well. became what she hated. Like, yeah, like we said, this film, whilst it's a good film, does have its flaws, and its flaw here is that we didn't see anything that made us think she wanted to be a cheerleader. Or anything like her enemies. <laughs> or anything like and that the cheerleaders were mean to her and she used her powers to be mean back to the cheerleaders. I and it seems like the cheerleaders are like, only lo- like, they like her for her <laughs> abilities. So I think it's a really limited sort of character, f- like, development I with her. Oh, she's a cheerleader at the end because now the girls who hated her don't hate her. But it was a mutual hate. I think it was a symbolic thing that it established earlier in the film that the... The cheerleader is the popular type of character, mm. and this, this she's showing now, that like she's a cheerleader, but not so much that she's a cheerleader. She's popular. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can I can appreciate that kind of thing, but I think Thank it's you. not as well fleshed out as the other characters' developments. Well, yeah. I think that um yeah. also why does Mega Boy not have fingers in his gloves? Does that seem strange? Everyone else has fingers. Nah, it doesn't. Need, he he has to expand. That's probably a reference to Snow Day because it's the mittens. Yeah, no, he has to expand his fingers. <laughs> he has to. And also, so his hands, would, his fingers would expand within the gloves, and the gloves would expand themselves. And also, oh. why didn't Mr. Pib get an epilogue scene? Now, he's my favorite. He's when part I, of the team, though. He's up amongst those. Oh yeah, yes. he's, he's and, in the spaceship so with a brother with like. with Colonic. Yeah, you know, it's up there with him. Colonic. <laughs> <laughs> 
that is name? Colin Clemens. What? <laughs> what? Well, Con- concussion. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. No, you, this... oh, really that mistake. Okay. <laughs> no, no, I was foreshadowing to Chevy Chase. We like to poo in our pants. <laughs> we like to poo in our pants. There's what? no what reason to be character's that name. Song. <laughs> Halloween bully. No, my favourite no, was the prince at the end. He was my favourite character in this entire film. Yeah. He was great. The kiss. He was like, oh! And he's missing all of his, like, pretty much most of his front of his teeth. teeth. Alright, so... The kid got into a fight. The movie's finishing up, guys. And this is where it seems like, yes, this was a fun movie to be on. Yeah, The kids are definitely having fun. I mean, if I was... A- little girl and I got to be in a superhero movie I would have been ecstatic <laughs> we all like the poo in our <laughs> pants and then Jeffy's like alright enough I've had enough like, I started this joke I can end it when yeah. I want um, before we get into our reviews and ratings is there any final things we kind of want to bring up this movie has a lot to unpack and I feel like we've unpacked a good portion but is there anything else I guess it's because of the ending like it went so quickly it's like oh we got to talk about all the things that like that you know that we thought of just then, but I that colostomy got of, up to a lot of the time during the larger portion of the film, not talking about the film itself, and so that's probably a, well. A, no, we talked about a good that. portion of it. The thing is, it's one of these movies where it's like a movie that takes it's like a play, where yeah. a play takes place all in one space, and a lot of talking goes on. This movie didn't just have talking, but it was all a lot in one space, and it all kind of feels like all. Let's say there's for argument's sake 60 scenes they yeah. felt together like four scenes you know yeah, like four, that's okay. the problem with talking about movies like this in depth but we i think we've given it a good go but is there anything else like favorite character yeah, a lot of the things you were just mentioning there's just reminding me of oscar because that was set in one place exactly too. i think that um favorite character was... favorite character is hard it's i hard think that my favorite i i actually like houdini oh, i okay. think he has of the of the superhero characters themselves, he has the most growth. Because mm. the princess, she just gets to be her princess little self. She doesn't really have to change. Um, Summer changes, but it kind of children make be sense. children. Let yeah. children be children. <laughs> Mega Boy doesn't have to change either. He just becomes more confident. Whereas I feel like he he potentially actually grows from being one type of person to another type of person. Mm. And I know that we've said that maybe it feels like there's a scene missing that explains that, but I I feel like it, it's done quite well. So I'd have to say he's my favourite character. And I, I love the name. I think the I like because a big not many, Houdini. I think a big a big part of I've said coming up with a superhero's name and coming up with their costume is, is huge and I lo- like naming a superhero is very important. And I think that Houdini is just a kind of a cool one word name that kinda of makes mm. makes sense for his powers and I thought it was really clever. It's almost as good as colostomy, I agree. Colostomy. So Colostomy bag, man. Bartek, favorite? If you have to pick one, and concussion's um, a good name on that on that end as well. Yeah, I agree. Of the whole film, or just of the main? <laughs> Which character? Who's your film. favorite character? Favorite character? You I could think... say congestion. No, it's constipation. There, you got it. <laughs> um, what was his name? Again? Concussion. That's concussion. It. Here, oh. like this, Ryan. Oh. Anyway. Um, I actually like Chevy Chase in this one. He was he was really up there for me, mainly yeah. because I like Chevy Chase as an actor. And I think he was having a good time, don't you? Oh, definitely. He was singing the Pooh song. <laughs> was that why he was your favourite? No, I, I liked him overall because he just had a lot of... He, he had good comedy in this in this film. When he was roll spinning in the uh, the chair when he was... Pushed. Yeah. Which we didn't talk about that. That was actually a funny scene because... The freaking princess. 
got offended that she that he hurt yeah Mega Boy or something like he was that. Like, get out of here. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, I just found it funny in the whole scene where he's in the outdoor environment, which is very small. Um, like you said, he had a really good physical comedy there, and I just think that of all the films that we've done with him in it, I think this one kind of shines his performance the brightest, even though the mm. other two were very good. Yeah, like, Chevy well, Chase in Nothing if... But Trouble, he's wasted. In Snow Day... Nothing But Trouble had plenty of other things. Snow so, Day... You know, love. Snow Day, he is a gem in the snow, because he has a great scene in Snow Day where it's just like, oh, he's wearing a girl's bracelet, uh, bracelet, anklet. Oh, that's fine, you know, that's what boys do. Wait, anklet? <laughs> <laughs> like, that alone well, is a ten star. Like, did you say anklet? <laughs> I think that uh, Chevy Chase's character is probably more... Like, it feels more central to the story in Snow Day, because mm. like, he's the one we begin with in Snow Day. Mm. Whereas, and I think, like, and most of the time, your, your most comedic performance is not meant to come from your, you know, your protagonist. Yeah. So I feel like that's probably where it shines best for him, because he's not, he's not... Oh, well, Chevy character. Chase has shown that a protagonist character can be the funniest character, easily oh, well, with if, the vacation if, movies. Well, he's yeah. the funniest character Obviously. for me, personally. What was our concluding statement about Chevy Chase in Snow Day? It was, like, his plot was that he wanted to wear pants yeah his character arc was he wanted to wear pants yeah <laughs> yeah no let's go into reviews and rating i'm gonna go straight out the gate here zoom was a fantastic movie it was an academy for superheroes you might say and i had never seen the movie until i had to do it for this show and when we do movies for this show that i have not seen before sometimes i have to admit i'm surprised thoroughly surprised. We do this show enough now where I can kind of get the beats and the feelings of why these things aren't appreciated or what doesn't work or yeah. or why we why I like this is perfect for the show. This is a genuine surprise to me. This is a movie that came out in an era where family entertainment, I will say live action wise was spot on. Like we you know Zathura was around the same time and Sky High Deck obviously and, and Deck the Holes and you know, all these Live action family entertainments where when pe- people Dave think movie. of when people think of family entertainment, they think Pixar, they think DreamWorks. It's very easy to go the animated route, but I think you know the live action movies during this period of time, even just before the Munez era with Frankie Munez and Big Fat Lie and all this, live action kids entertainment was really spot on. While today. I don't feel it as much with a live-action one. They feel like more throwaway, more slapped together. When people think live-action kids' entertainment, they don't say Zoom. They'll say something like Hocus Pocus or this, this, and this, or Goonies and all that, and that's great. But Zoom, for me, is a gem in in all of it. It's I, just forgotten. I think that if another another part is like... it's you got to remember its target audience. Its target audience is yeah, family and young mm. children. I think that... Um, if they had wanted to appeal to a larger audience or a more mature audience, I think with our four main superheroes having the powers that they have, Mega Boy's powers would hold it back. Yeah. I think the inflatable boy or the boy who enlarges parts of himself, I think those are the kind of powers that you expect from something from a children's sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. If you'd wanted to appeal to a larger group of people, Mega Boy would have had to have a different kind of power. Oh, yeah, but there's nothing wrong with appealing to children, and, no. and, that, and that's fantastic, and I, and I appraise this movie for that. I like the fact that it got actors, old and young, 
show off their talents. Like the kid, the, the mega boy, he did three movies with Tim Allen in that year alone. And he, including the Shaggy Dog, right? Including the Shaggy Dog and Santa Claus 2, I do believe. And he's, he's he was a great actor during that period of time. Where is he now? I'm not too sure. But And then you get people like Tim Allen. And this is the part of the Tim Allen you know, era where he was just in every movie, every movie, and it was great. I, I think I read somewhere that Wild Hogs is where his career kind of yeah died. Wild Hogs kind of finished him off and that's upsetting and and then you get people like Kate Mara's in this who we now know as an yeah, actress 10 years on 10 years on and you know uh, and I like Chevy Chase obviously we've talked enough about him but and our least fa- my least favourite character Rip Torn still a great actor because think this is a period of time where Rip Torn was doing Men in Black he was doing this Dodgeball. he was doing that Dodgeball this was an era for every actor that was in this, whether their career was blossoming or being revived again, or it was just a home run from a run they were already on. I think that this movie is fantastic. I think it's great for kids. I think it's great for adults. I think it's great for everyone. And it's a real imaginative style of a superhero film for children. If I have to give this a rating, if I had to... It's very hard to give such an emotional piece of work a rating, but if I had to, I would say that it would be five invisible apples out of five. You proud of that rating, Ryan? I actually really am proud of that. Like, I was thinking about this movie, and that was a sequence I really liked, the idea. I've never seen that with invisible powers as much, the idea that (laughs) they touch something and it goes invisible as well. It's usually, like, this idea that, oh, they have to make their clothes special to go invisible. Yeah, no, I see that as much. That, that again, strengthens my argument about how the sight powers later make sense because Mm. he can affect the visible spectrum outside of his own body as well. And it had a beginning middle event. Like, the first time you see it, barely anything. Second time, ooh, pretty good. Third time? Bam. Spot Does on. that mean when he touches someone, they go invisible? That he, Yeah, so the great idea is, again, when you lead to the sequel, is the character's powers have growth. Houdini could potentially not just make himself disappear, but, others. but atten- essentially make, if he got good enough with his powers, he could potentially make his entire team. Can you imagine yeah. sex with him? I was about to say that! <laughs> like, but they're except- like, they see him just humping air, and they're yeah. like, ah, oh, Houdini! And it's like, no, no, I swear! I was thinking more... Summer's here, and she's just being quiet to be a bitch. I was thinking more the tragic ending of him if he was going to be a porn star. <laughs> People buy his it films. Been, and it's like, well, nothing's if, if the, again. If this film was like a teen comedy, we probably would have had a sex scene where Houdini disappears and leaves some girl yeah. naked, like in front of her parents <laughs> Zoom. or something. Zoom. He would have like academy. Some of his parents come in and he's like, you know, doing a, and then she's standing there like naked in her room by herself, and her parents have to be like, oh well, and the dad would be like, well, at least there's not a boy in there, and then <laughs> us as the audience, dramatic irony, like, oh. It reminds me of the Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> All right, Sam, since you're on a roll, let's hear your review and rating. Uh, again, I think this film has a lot of really lovely things to it. I think uh, I, I can kind of understand why it's unappreciated and it may have slipped through the cracks, but I don't think it's a fault of the film. Mm. I think it's potentially a fault of potentially like marketing on the film's behalf and that sort of stuff is maybe they didn't put themselves out there enough. Uh, they because had life size cut up, Sam. I think that uh, there are some really tender moments that actually shine quite brightly through the film. I'm going to rate it uh, probably eight. Uh, vibrating fingers out of eight 
Vibrating you got to keep fingers. the two thumbs just in case. <laughs> <laughs> Grip onto something. Keep those thumbs out of there. <laughs> Bartek, let's the pinkies. Yeah, Bartek, let's <laughs> hear from you. No, you got to use the pinkies for the clip. No, the Jeez. thumbs so you can hold on. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Extra, but they don't vibrate. The thumbs stay like stationary to get good grip. Touch the back of the bum. I do. Just before we start, I do like the fact that Tim Allen. Now, I don't know about superheroes as much, but I like how Tim Allen did mention that they had to design special clothes for him so they don't vibrate off of him. Well, that that kind of. I don't goes, know if that's a thing. That makes it kind of makes a little bit of sense because in, um, superheroes usually wear onesies. In the so co- I guess oh, it but, is. But uh, the Flash can move fast enough that he vibrates through solid matter. Like yeah, he vibrates yeah. his molecu- molecules. And they move in the within the mm. space of other molecules, so it kind of like a reference to other superhero stuff. Yeah. So it just goes to show that they did their they did their homework on that. On that. A plus. Is Go. is this image here of is this the poster for the film? Yeah. Yes. If you're not if you're not in the know about like what this film is, would the fist was Megaboy's fist kind of be confusing? Like, why is there just a giant fist there? Yeah, it is. Like, but it's also confusing that Tim Allen does not have a beard. A goatee. So, um, that's like, let's yeah, hear from you. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a trivia well, fact. Are, I just remember that. They took the like, photo. And at no point does he shave it off, which would have made He it. does actually shave in the does movie. It? Courtney Cox notices. She's like, you shaved. He's like, huh, I'm surprised oh, you noticed. shave off the beard? No. You just shaved in general. Oh, around if, the beard. Yeah. Oh, great. What if he's straight? <laughs> because we, as we know, like in films, the like changing of hair... <laughs> Or the cutting of hair or shaving of the face is yeah, usually a big deal. Very symbolic, like yeah. the room. Yeah, it's a big deal. In that. <laughs> oh, baby face! <laughs> we laugh because we've read the book. <laughs> let's let's hear from the amazing Bartek. Um, the Houdini of our show. So this film, I've already mentioned my my interpretation with regards to it being a film that wanted to take one element, one typical. Uh, sequence of a typical movie like this, you know, the training the kids and focusing entirely on that. Um, but also this film does other things very well too. Um, for one thing, Tim Allen, he, he rocked that facial hair despite the fact that they don't put it on the poster. They Ma- could have easily photoshopped it on the poster. Nah, well. that's too much effort. But onto Megaboy. It's not that much effort. <laughs> it's like, it's probably... I, let him get, let him get onto Mega Boy and his right. fist. Yeah, Mega Boy's fist, Megaboy's fisting, fist. fingering. That's another thing on like, a show on a show Mega Fist <laughs> on a show called Spit and Polish, which could easily be about masturbation or gay gay stuff because <laughs> Sam, <laughs> or, or, or or gay stuff could be about that could be about gay stuff. You know, no, our previous guest, our you previous really Sam, got under gay stuff. Our, pre- our previous guest of Sam, the gay Sam, yeah. he he commented being like. I'm a part of a, a gay, uh, a, 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 a kinky oh, right. gay group on Facebook called Spit and Polish as well. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Because it sounds like spitting on a dick and polishing it with your hand. And that's why you're gay. Now, go on. <laughs> uh, I had a point. I'm just trying to remember what it was. It was you're going to rate the film out of something. Something out of something. Really? I hadn't even given the meat of my review yet. I'm How pretty sure I wasn't up to the rating. You're giving Megaboy his fist. Megaboy. You're, getting You're like, Megaboy Mega had a meaty fist. Megaboy having the facial hair. I don't know. <laughs> they, they I was going to make off. a joke like, oh, maybe the facial hair's in the poster, but it's... But Houdini's made it invisible or something. No, it's actually on the car, the, 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 the little girl in the background. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so keep going. Um, Keep going. We'll try not to interrupt you. Jeez, I've never gotten interrupted on this show before. Okay, so I have to get used to it. <laughs> Look, this film, it was definitely 
different from a lot of films that I have seen. Because, obviously, focusing on that one element, the third act being very tiny, but it it's basically one of those films that just focuses on what it feels is important. I remember now, I was going to mention, because we're talking about masturbation and sex and all that, this film would be really good for the inflation fetishists. (laughs) You know, there's always a fetishist for something. Yep. Fetishist for remote. Is that that it? No, that was just a joke, Ryan. Uh... (laughs) Continue on then with your fun, (laughs) your review. I don't don't have you. It's underneath chair. Oh, you motherfucker. Go on. Very good commentary, guys. You're Um... making me thirsty with all this fisting talk. I've got a quench. Maybe it's because you're wearing long pants and got a tucked-in shirt, Ryan. Yeah, someone uh, methinks the lady doth protest too much about being fisted. That's what I, that's what I think. It's great because you've mentioned it the most. Uh, go on. Yeah, Throughout our time for... doing the show, Ryan, you know, you keep talking about finger-blasting and stuff. So I learned it from Sam Noonan. The phrase. I mean, I I've never heard that. anyone talk about it like finger-blasting. You learned the action. Well, which is fun fact, Sam Noonan once what? tried to teach us all how to finger-blast. I didn't try to teach you all. Luke was... No, Luke... you tried to teach Lachlan, Luke and myself. Well, We've all had be, a great time finger-blasting since. Luke and Lachlan had very little idea of how to do such an act. Yeah. They needed me, Ryan. You might not have, but they, I they didn't, needed uh, me. The greatest part was, uh, I'm I just never said I did heart. need you. But, like, you just <laughs> you were there. No, but I never, I never said, teach me. The other guys were like, oh, I need, they let you know that they needed it. I was just quiet. So you just seemed like, oh, he's a bro. He knows. Like, he doesn't need help. <laughs> and that come is to, my review. Come to me for help. <laughs> Go on, Bartek. Sorry. If I had to give this film a rating, I would give it... I had a rating actually, but now I can't remember what it is because I've been just enjoying the experience of doing this episode. Was so it much. gonna be haircuts? I think it was actually related to Tim Allen's finger, but you know, I, I got in there before. So you. I know you did it, but I had something else. Can't remember though. I'm gonna give this film a rating of. Hey, come on, let's let's you know just chill out, and have a great time. Yeah, that's my favourite kind of rating. My thing before starting the reviews from IMDb, we've only got the reviews from IMDb, one of the things I was really bummed out about was uh, Colossal was... Concussion Concussion. was a young man. I really would have liked it if he came out of the vortex and he was (laughs) rip-torn. Why? (laughs) He was the villain the whole time. Well, because you just laughed, so... M. Night Shyamalan. (laughs) Bullcrap. (laughs) <laughs> Wait, and then Timberman's like, you're what? And then he's like, no, you are. And it turns back and Tim Allen's now ripped on. And then it keeps going, each one of them, because it's like a virus, you all become you ripped know- on. And then that's like, the little girl is ripped on. I said this to my girlfriend, and she's like, no, no, you should have Ripped Horn's face on her body. And I'm yeah. like, no, you should have Ripped... You I should agree. have her face on Ripped Horn's body in the little uh, pink disagree. poodle outfit. I agree you know, with Rachel on that one. <laughs> Ripped Horn's face. You know, Ryan, you were going body. somewhere that I was going to be like, oh, that makes sense why this is a double feature with Zathura, because it has a twist of, oh, at a different age, you were the main character. Yeah, yeah at a different age, you were Ripped Horn. But, yeah. <laughs> but then you went full silly. Okay, now talking into full silly... We have a great review here from Aaron. That is three stars. It's my housemate. Uh, from 2006. It's called Someone Lost the Promise. <laughs> the Promise? Yes. What country is he from, right? America. Someone oh. lo- lost the promise. <clears throat> First off, a tiny bit about me. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> That's right. 
<laughs> Everyone listen okay. to Aaron. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. Number one, I took my daughters, 13 and 10, to this movie. Number two, I tend to enjoy children's movies and I love sci-fi. Number three, my wife and I mostly agreed about the quality of this movie. Number four, I've never rated a movie before. <laughs> Can I change my favourite character to Aaron? <laughs> you will have to hold on, there's plenty of great reviews, but let's keep going. Although I agree with many points from the first posting, I do think this movie had promise. It seems to me that if all characters were developed properly, that the screenplay had been more carefully thought out, that the technical filming of the show had gone better, in brackets, BOOM MIKE! Like, I guess there was a boom mic. We'll get on to Go that. Go to the goof section. Oh, trust Oops. me. We'll get on to the boom mic later. Okay. <clears throat> that there are... That there are cohesiveness to the whole story. And that the actual plot had been more fully developed. That this movie could have been spectacular. I was even willing to accept the storyline until the kids were mysteriously found dutifully waiting in the in their room when they were supposed to be hiding. After that, it went downhill quickly for me. I would have liked to see some more exemplary development of the kids' powers, the kind of foreshadowing that is later revealed in how they save the day, i.e. a scene of Summer controlling the paintballs would have helped me believe better her, better her focused power use in the end of the film. Why spend all that time watching Cindy throw ton weights at a target. That's true. She never throws anything at the yeah. end. She but just she hits does, it like a bat. We, we do see, hit, yeah, she hits a yeah. ball how, like a bat. So how did Dylan's that. ability with the apple help in the end? Oh, it was Dylan. I, I, the reason I thought Zach. his name was Zach is because his name was Zach in, um, in the OC. What did they do with, what did they do with Tucker to help him learn to control his bloating? How is Mindsight related to invisibility? Don't even get me started on Mrs. Co- Miss Cox's character, which I thought she played well. Like, <laughs> what a weird way to put that. Is he saying that he didn't like the character, but she did well with what she was given? I think that's what he's saying. The human stories here have to do with the kids as outcasts in life. Let's develop that more than the two short bits about the girls and Jack finally relating to Dylan. Zoom needed to grow with each kid to show his own growth and bring out his determination to succeed. Then again, succeed at what? I think Tim Allen does a great job with the unknown aspect of the plot. He has no motivation, he gives none. But without a believable reason to drive the plot of the kids' trainings, we get what we saw. Also, there's nothing socially dangerous about the threat of concussion. It seems a personal vendetta or overblown fear that Larrabee is concerned about. Hardly even enough to make me feel for him or his cause and unfortunately, this movie. Finally, let's chew on continuity and technical prowess. (laughs) Like, yay, finally. I was thinking I saw the boom mic five times, but let's not quibble. Aren't people paid to notice these things? The director, even? During production? Let's keep track of where the characters are and give them a reason to go slash be somewhere. Let's give the characters more reason, heck, even a strategy to want to make and close a vortex. Let's see Rip Torn say that, say the line that we watch him, <laughs> that we watch him, v- like, v- I'm just trying to pronounce. Get, pronounce. 
Do you want me to help? Yeah. What's the word? Ventriloquize. There it is. The ventriloquize. As soon as I showed it to you, I'm like, I know how to say it. <laughs> Would I watch it again? Maybe just to watch Zoom stumble again and see Houdini, Houdini throw another punch or see Summer be radiant. Okay, Cindy's got the tough, cute factor that can be enjoyable in moderation. Pull up a chair, why don't ya? All spelled as one word. Man, Aaron, that's... Uh... Did you love Aaron still? I think I liked him more when he was talking about himself. I, I loved Aaron too. Aaron had a lot of like things that we we also said, but he also. I, I think Aaron's character development could have used a bit more work. <laughs> a ten star review from Canada from 2016 hey. called a poignant, thought provoking social commentary. Great. That's the title. That's exactly right. In an era rampant with political propaganda and constricted thought. Oh no! <laughs> this is the Bush era. No, this is 2016. This is a bomb. Oh. 2016, sorry. Mm. In an era rampant with political propaganda and constricted thought, Zoom prevails, providing a much-needed look into the depravity of modern society. At the centre of this masterpiece is none other than Tim Allen, the undisputed god of cinema. Through clever allegory and sublime acting, Alan's performance showcases the human race with unprecedented realism. His portrayal of Jack Shepard encompasses a range of meaning wider than the Grand Canyon, granting the viewer ultimate resonance. As the film progresses, as the film progresses, an increasing amount of thought is demanded from the viewer. Certain plot points vanish, and the film transcends the realm of entertainment and enters that of prophecy. Through delicate craftsmanship and subtle detailing, Zoom manages to deliver its messages in a manner that is both poignant and subdued, leaving the viewer to ponder their very existence. Case in point, Zoom is an artistic think piece designed to engulf the viewer until the final frame of the credits, to much avail. Quite possibly the Mona Lisa of its medium. (laughs) 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 Zoom is unequivocally a masterpiece and its political and social relevance shall know no bounds. And that's that review. What did you think, Bartek? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at Tim Allen right now on the screen. He, his eyes do follow me as I move. Yeah. I think that another thing that's very common is using the, the last name Shepherd. Shepherd. For a character. It's a biblical reference. It's a, yes, it is a biblical reference. And it's usually paired with something very simple like Jack or John. No, no. What about, um, what was the main character's name in uh, Big Fat Liar? He was a shepherd. Oh, yes. <laughs> no, we have a three-star review here. And it's great, to say the least. Peter Hewitt is an awful and lazy director. Remember how in the 70s you could tell the production value of a film by how often you saw the boom mic fall into the view of the actors? Well, thanks to boom operator Daryl Purdy... (laughs) Named the guy. I'm going to call out this fucking boom operator. (laughs) And the laziness... And and the laziness of Peter, I apparently never watched the dailies, Hewitt. What? Is this going to be like that that, that monkey bone review where the guy calls... The laziness of Peter, I apparently never watched the dailies, Hewitt. You can see the boom mic fall into the view three separate times. That said, 
allow me to point out that the cute little girl who acts as badly as her speech impediment can't save the film in the same way that the Brady Bunch would not have been would not have been popular with a sh- with with a the show devoted to Cindy Brady. There was so much wasted possibility showing us the background of these characters, the overuse of montage, and college-like editing would not have been needed in this case. Also, the film has three apparent villains in the film, except none of them are bad, and we never know why two of them are necessarily considered bad, but that's okay, because the story is written by someone... Who's the third villain? I guess Chevy Chase? (laughs) (laughs) Because he's withholding information. That's no. the only thing I can come up with, okay? I don't know about that. Think about it, okay. No. Okay, but that's okay, because the story is written by someone with ad, or perhaps short-term memory loss, as significant as the character in Memento. The story has no continuity. Tim Allen hates the kids, he plays with the kids, he feels sorry for the kids. No, wait, he doesn't understand why he's there to train the kids. For the love of God, make up your mind! Nothing in the movie fits together. And in the movie, the super evil villain, whom we have waited 90 minutes to see, gets a scolding in the last six minutes of the movie, and then it's over. Does he? Didn't Peter Hewitt read the script before filming? Oh no, wait. This is the same guy that gave us Bogus Journey. You remember the sequel that ended the Bill and Ted franchise? Not to mention the Garfield movie? A comic strip so revered for 30 years they made it into a Saturday morning cartoon, but the movie that couldn't keep the audience's attention for 90 minutes. Success based solely on a lack of other children's films during its release, and parents who grew up with Garfield, the previous generation. Why does Peter Hewitt get work? Why? After all, it is the director's responsibility for many things, including having a working script and a vision before starting a project. The expectations being Andy Warhol. <laughs> I love this. The expectation, the expectations being Andy Warhol, whose audience base was so stoned to notice, and Francis Ford Coppola's with Apocalypse Now, who had several million dollars to keep his dream afloat. Peter Hewitt should be ashamed of himself for this crap. <laughs> and that's it. Wouldn't it be a plot twist that it was actually written by Peter Hewitt? <laughs> it, it's, is it? That's, not there's a lot to say about that. First of all, Bogus Journeys. Oh, funny. I, I like it more than the, the the first one. I think that um, death is great. In I, Bogus that, Journeys. It's funny because like we had people like you mentioned continuity, and we have people who are th- who are throwing some some sort of terminology that not everyone uses at us. Yeah. But then he can't sort of like put it together that the screenwriter and the director are often yeah. two different people. <laughs> yeah. and, and also blaming the boom operator but not the camera. cameraman the cameraman or the editor. Well, most of the time if a boom comes down too far, it is usually the, the boom operator. But it, like it's but anyone who's like slung boom, like but yeah, but it's, the, it's very hard to keep. Yeah, but you need to communicate with them. Yeah, that so. needs to be said. Oh, that boom! Like the cameraman has to be paying close enough attention to say, "Hey, hey get that the out. boom came yeah. into the shot. Do we need to shoot that uh, again?" Get and that out the of last... the way, Daryl Purdy. <laughs> Sorry, and I just the, have to re And the last thing to mention is he mentioned three antagonists. I think he was talking about Mina Bully. Oh yeah, Mina that Bully, guy. Yeah. It was an antagonist. True. <laughs> I take my I take back my statement about Excuse the. Excuse me. Two. We have one from 2013, guys. Oh, yeah. Brilliant 
and severely underrated film. Ten stars. Now watch out, guys. Watch out. This review contains the the, the S word. May contain spoilers and not oh. half spoilers. Full spoilers. Well, that's a reference to something like. Half I watched words. this film first when I was about nine. So of course I found it awesome. I've loved this movie since I was nine. It's cheesy, cute, funny, charming, and consists of a cast which works so flawlessly together. This film, truthfully and cheesily, is kind of exactly what I want out of life. To have a group of friends that will help you through anything, and to be treasured for being different, and to be able to use my differences to help people and save the world. This film is so cute Seriously, faster than fast, truer than true, in the pursuit of justice there is no speed limit? Ha ha. <laughs> As a typical teenage girl, my favourite character would be Dylan. Dylan, and not just because he's cute, but because his powers are so awesome, as well as his attitude. His I don't care attitude, which eventually grows into this cute team leader attitude, where he'd do anything for Zoom, or Summer, or Cindy, or Tucker. I like that, not because he's cute, but because this thing, because and that makes him cute. It's ad- wait, it's just adorable. Truthfully, I'm being quite general in this review, as this film was a slight part of my childhood, and I remember going to school and pretending to get a headache above my eyebrow and looking down hallways which were miles away from me. Yeah, I'm a dork. Truthfully, I kind of refuse to point out the flaws in this film. There is flaws. I'm not denying that. Okay, guys, quick plot description. This film is based around four kids with extraordinary abilities. A six-year-old girl named Cindy, who is insanely strong. A 12-year-old guy? (laughs) No, a 12-year-old guy named Tucker, who has the strangest ability ever. He can exaggerate his body parts and make them grow huge at will. A 16-year-old girl named Summer, who is telekinetic. And a 17-year-old guy named Dylan the ability to turn invisible and to see places and people in his mind without being there with them or being in that area and these four kids are led by former superhero Zoom or Jack as he now prefers to be called who's played by the great Tim Allen you have to I love how they have to have that distinction the great Tim Allen and at first he seems all washed up and useless but gradually turns out to be a father figure to these kids okay there are okay they become a superhero team who fight against a villain named concussion I'm gonna leave it at that because the ending's the best bit and I don't want to give away all the twists <laughs> Whoa. the twist but, being that he's zoom's brother no, the blowy power oh, okay. Yes. Here's the gist. This film is awesome. It's probably the perfect kids superhero movie and I still love it as much as I did about seven years ago. To me though, this film represents the idea that differences are what makes us amazing. This is a feel good movie based around real themes, great music, a great cast, stunning visual effects and a great group chemistry which is undeniable. Watch it. How did you, do you want to watch it after that? I I often felt, I, I felt her plight. As a teenage girl myself. Let's watch it again with the English audio description. 10 out of 10, guys. 2006, so the movie just came out, Sam. I hope this one's from Sam. A lot of these reviews, oddly enough, are from Canada as well, I kept finding. I was was so worried. Awesome movie, 10 out of 10 is the title. Now, guys, contains spoilers as well, so hold on to your pants.
I'm wearing shorts though. They're pants. Oh, cool. Yeah. First of all, I'll hold on to your pants. Now <laughs> <laughs> I have to do. The first, uh, okay. First of all, the only reason I went to, spelt with the number by the way, right. seeing this movie. Shorthand saves time for everyone. Was to see this movie was spelt W U Z. That's how I spelled it in year one. Because Dylan West, and you know what I ended up loving the whole... I love this, and you know what I ended up loving the whole movie. Although when Dylan almost collapsed in the secret hiding place, I almost stood up in front of the movie theatre and yelled. But it ended up that he wa- was okay. But he had me so worried. Another part of the movie I liked was when the audience finds out that Marsha, Courtney Cox, had powers. It totally came out of nowhere. Besides falling in love with Dylan, I fell in love with Concussion, Zoom's evil brother, who becomes good at the end of the movie. But he was very hot too. Hot spelled with two T's and two spelled with number, of course. And that's the end of that review. Now, very base. I have the last review here, and this is going to be a bit of a shift in tone. It's it's emotional, guys. Uh, you may cry. To the boy who wanted to be a superhero. Eight stars. Oh, that's, this is already, you know... I had some tears in my eyes watching Zoom this evening. Not because of the quality of the film, which I found good and entertaining, but because it took me back over ten years to someone who was really into superheroes and the comic books that popularized them. The late Ray Go- Roy Gomez did not have a great time in the brief span he had on Earth. He and his sister were taken from their parents. <laughs> I'm sorry. This does, is... he, does he just bring his own superhero story into the review? <laughs> oh, hold on. He were taken from their parents and placed in a group home which he hated his whole life. In the time I knew him, the one thing he always told me was how he wished he had a family. He ran away from home when he was 16. What his venue of escape from life that what his venue of escape from a life that included drug addiction and AIDS were comic books. <laughs> this is terrible. I don't know why I'm laughing. He discovered the world of superheroes while in the group home. He knew and followed the, every one of them. He loved science fiction as well and was as addicted to Star Trek as he was with crack. <laughs> That's a good line. <laughs> we had AIDS, AIDS and crack so far. Ah, fond memories of watching Star, Star Trek and lighting up a crack bar. <laughs> But I, this is about Zoom. Yeah, I'm gonna go. uh, every time I see a film involving superheroes with the computer-generated special effects that were uh, unheard of in my youth, I do think of Roy and how he loved these films. I didn't get that this was an old man reminiscing until now. <laughs> but this one especially got me. It was the way Tim Allen and Courtney Cox created a family-like atmosphere for the gifted kids in their charge. They trained them, but also shielded and protected them from those who would exploit them. I thought this was what Rory dreamed about as a kid. Someone to take and adopt him into just such a group. <laughs> oh, really? It's not even over. I'm sorry. Keep going. Finish it off. Uh, 
Okay, go. Bartek, hold it in. Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. Roy died. <laughs> I actually am crying to be I'm fair. crying too. Roy died in 1996 at the age of 26. He would have loved seeing the film adaptations of The Punisher, oh. The Fantastic Four, and The New Superman. But I think he would have really enjoyed this film. So thank you, Tim Allen, Courtney Cox, and all those involved in the making of Zoom. And Roy, this one was for you. And that's it. That's touching. <laughs> I have tears in my eyes for that. All right, guys. That to was... be fair, though, Sam brought up, like, oh, is he bringing his own story? Like, oh, he's just posting his fan fiction. <laughs> I thought, yeah, I thought, oh, he's gonna... I said, I like oh, You brought me into the bias. superhero story. <laughs> no, it was a true story. That was emotional, guys. You guys have been fantastic. There was a point with him where, where, like, he was talking about the film as a whole. I'm like, oh, that was a real story. And I was like, yeah, that was really touching. Then I remember the crack line. <laughs> That's when I started pissing myself. He yeah, he was addicted to Star Trek as he was. <laughs> Just as much. Equal levels of Star Trek. Sam, it is always a pleasure to have you on the show whenever we get you on. Bartek, I think we've gone through an emotional experience with Zoom today. Yes, we have. Uh, you guys, if you're still listening, that is, you guys have been fantastic, amazing, wonderful listening people. If you guys want to support us in any way we have our facebook page the spin posh presents in which you can like that and uh we have some extra uh bonus content kind of stuff on don't, there just pictures don't go videos. to the masturbation one That's don't go on the kinky posh. group That's a different one um we oh, have a post on there that, we mean... have a post on there where you can suggest films for this show because hey we may not know what films to cover i mean we may have never done Zoom. I had never seen it before. If it wasn't for a Tim Allen cutout, I may have not remembered Whoa. this. And also, if it didn't come with Zathura, it was like a double treat. Well, it's like Surf Ninjas. If I had not previously told you that it was an unappreciated masterpiece. Exactly. Before the, you know, the be like Sam. Just... Yeah, be like me. Be like Sam and finger blast your way to freedom. Uh, <laughs> you guys... <laughs> Those of my generation do not surf. Those of my generation. <laughs> not surf. So, you guys have been great. And as always... Remember to be kind to each other. Kind to each other. Not kind of kind to each other, guys. Actual kind. We say this at the end of every episode, I think, because it's important. If the world was a kinder place, there wouldn't be so much unkindness. Mm. Quote me on that on my gravestone, because yeah. it's very deep and meaningful. Just like, what was the name of the guy who died? Roy. Just like Roy. <laughs> I am just like Roy. Just, wait, what was the thing? You had to stop to ask the name of the dead Roy guy. is a very I think there's only one way to end this, be end kind, this episode. just like blank. Because blank, blank was someone to inspire Who was addicted to crack like Star Trek. Blank. As much. So, the only way I think we can end this with is like an I am Spartacus moment, which is, I am Roy. I am Roy. I am... I'm sometimes Roy. I'm Roy. We like Roy. I'm Roy. People like, oh, why isn't Roy in Smash 4? But we play all, all the Koopalings and there was a Roy there, so now there are two Roys in Smash Brothers. I am Roy, you are Roy, you are Roy, and you guys at home, never forget to stop being Roy. Stay Roy. Roy spelled backwards is your. You're Roy! Yeah.